What it is, what is up, what is good gamers? This is Shonuff71, aka Digadulamite. That purple bling bling, y'all. And your auditory canals are tuned into episode 194, the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime first on deck. We got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. that gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much as always. Um, happy to be here, as always, uh, talking with you two fine fellows about this hobby that we love, video games. Video games! Yes, indeed, indeed. Of course, our show is a no go without Trader Joe, aka Jabroni Chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as, known as the Food Max of gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar? What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, just uh, having a kind of low key weekend after my uh, busy ass work week. At least, at least the stress of Friday and the release of One Piece Odyssey uh, came to a good fruition. Des- Desmond was actually in town to witness my like you know trepidation because the Steelbook hadn't come in yet at Game uh, uh, <laughs> The trepidation uh, of me calling various GameStop saying, "Did you get the Steelbook yet for One Piece Odyssey?" It's like I'm not even caring about the game. I'm caring about securing the Steelbook. So yeah. And so he got it, and he, even that wasn't enough for 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 Mr. Joe over here. He was like, "Excuse me, um, do you have a different one? Um, this one has like a little a little nick." I looked at it. I was like, "I don't see nothing in here." <laughs> he was like, "No, no, 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 no. I I need I need a better one. This one, no, Mm-mm. little uh, discoloring it, on this. There are some scuff marks on it. Yes, uh, there was um... fingerprints. Those are your fingerprints, sir. No, they're not. I need a new one." <laughs> Give me a new one. Can I just look at all of them? Please, let me look at all of them. And the guy was like, okay, here you go. Well, thank you. I got my pick. Uh, I got the best best of the lot over there. You know, it was was like at the SPCA. I was looking for like the best dog to go and adopt. I was looking for the best deal. I feel so bad for that manager. I feel like, you know what? He's an ASL. He could deal with it, man. I'm going to go like, you know what? I'm going to go stand outside. I'll... I'll... (laughs) Let me know when you're done, buddy. I'll be outside. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna walk home. I'll I'll meet you back at your house later. No, just kidding. It wasn't that bad. It was that. I actually got a game though. I got a game, so I was able to get the Vampire Swan Song for like ten bucks on the clearance. So I was very happy about that. So, so him his you know craziness to get that right then and there made it a lot easier for me because. Had I not been there, I wouldn't have pick, picked up a game that I was getting ready to to pay, you know, full price when it came out. So, saved me quite a bit of money. So, so oh, I thank you game, for that. Joe. Game is kind of booty booty. That's why it's all on discount. But well, it's not supposed to be booty booty. It's just it's just people it, didn't it, really get it or like it or yeah. whatever. So no, I, I already bought it too. So I definitely feel you there. So so I mean, yeah. I'll try it out and see. You know, again, I'm a, I'm a yeah. fan of. Vampire the Masquerade. I played the the tabletop RPG when I was a kid. Um, I played a couple of their other games. So so I'm I'm hopeful that it's 
it's at least worth the ten dollars. And I'd be hard pressed for for any game that's not worth ten. Well, there probably are a bunch of games that are worth ten dollars, but still, I'm hoping that this one is at least. So don't they have like Vampire the Masquerade, Love at First Bite, and put George Hamilton up on that shoes net? And no. Yeah, that'd be the, that'd be the goods. George Hamilton, like no. you know, running around as you great know, movie dis- though. Disco Count Dar- Dracula was, and going. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. Enjoyed it. Indeed. So <laughs> nice little nice little segue or <laughs> off topic, but yeah, okay. Thanks. That's what they call in the business a rabbit trail. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, so how how are you doing, Kev? Hey, I'm 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 doing all right. I also had a kind of a stressful week at work. It's been a stressful couple of weeks at work, but it was nice to just kind of have like a, a low key uh, weekend. Celebrated uh, my friend's sister's birthday uh, at a Teppanyaki restaurant, and that was really tasty. It was a place I'd never been to. Which one? Uh, uh, Hino Yoshi. It's out hmm. there by Fresno State, the the uh, okay, uh, shopping yeah. center. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. this is my first time going there. It's very kind of kind of reminiscent of um, uh, Sakura Chai. Uh, if you've ever been there, it's just it's really good food. They give you a lot of food too, so you're definitely you know for me, I I I took I took a. I took a big portion of my meal home, uh, which was really cool. So, um, did you? And you both have tomorrow off, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're recording on a Sunday, so they both have Martin Luther King uh, Day off. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good stuff, good stuff. So with that said, we're going to move on to what is always the first topic on our docket in every show, that being our playlist. All right, Des, you kick things off this week, man. What you been playing? All righty. Well, one thing I, I we went back to again is uh, still playing uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite. Uh, actually played that with John. Um, I think that was the first time he's played it. Yeah. Yeah. And and so Joe and I, you know, ran into the first mission, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and seeing you know someone else play it and and running through it. Um. And and yeah, I, I tried a new class. I tried the doctor. Well, not a new class, but I tried the doctor. And 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 again, that fun is a, a really nice, fun, uh, fun time. It doesn't ask too much of you. Uh, the combat is really straightforward, and it has a decent uh, learning curve and uh, a decent challenge. Um, so I really I I, I I really like that game, and I'm happy that we're back. We're back to playing it. Um, yeah, and I, I, and I have a feeling that we're going to play it. I have a feeling we're going to play it a little bit more. I actually, we kind of petered out, but, um, I do want to, I do want to go back and beat it because we were, we, we had played every mission, almost every mission up to the third mission, uh, yeah. storyline. And we got, I think halfway through that and we never beat it. And then we have the new, the new stuff. And there's a couple of other things you know that you can get in the in the game that uh we haven't unlocked yet so there's still there's still quite a bit of game to play and i'm i'm interested to to actually going back and 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 playing more of it so that was a lot of fun playing it with uh with john and seeing seeing him play 
Yeah, I pretty much I picked up a new class too. I got the Lancer, so and I didn't really know that much about it, but uh, it seems like the uh, weapon play with that particular class seems cool. So yeah. I don't know if it makes what makes it different from the gunner or from the other classes, but but uh, I'll have to do I, a little bit more research into that. Yeah, so. and I think it's the passives that you get for your for your tech tree for your tree. You know, and the more you play it, the more you unlock and the more stuff that you get. And I think that's that's the one part of the game that we haven't fully messed around with. Like I messed around with it with the technician because with the technician tree, um, you have the turret and then you have the uh, the the stasis type stuff. And then you can put uh, augments to these different things, which I think is really cool. And when I was playing the dock, I had found out that there's actually uh, more stuff that you can do like so the 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 stasis turret that you put down for the healing if you don't need to heal anybody and you just put it out it um it acts as a as a buff for you as well and i didn't realize that when i was playing it so so you could actually put it down and then stand in it and buff yourself uh while you're fighting and then it'll let your it'll it, it'll heal yourself but the but the problem is is if you ever start taking damage from it, it'll start healing you, and then that's what pulls, pulls it, um, uh, makes the power go down. So if everyone's topped off and you don't have any, um, and you're not missing any health, it just sits out there as a, uh, as a, as a, uh, um, a boost, you know, or a buff or something. So, so there's a little bit more about the dock that I wanted to try out and play a little bit more. Um, it's just their weapon kit is a little a little lacking. So I'm hope I'm hopeful that with the um, with as I unlock more stuff and with the new weapons that were added, um, I'll be able to kind of um, uh, increase his pool of, of weapons. So that was the one thing about that. But but I, I'm happy that there's still a little a little bit of meat on the bones and I can try it out and look at it and really really kind of and see what's going on and, and enjoy what's going on. So, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, another game that Joe and I are still playing is uh PSO uh, new Genesis. Again, that game is our comfort food. I think it's taken I, for me. I can't speak for Joe, but I think that that has taken over for um, for me. I think that has taken over uh, no man's skies spot. Um, so I'm going to leave no man's sky alone for a little while until I'm able to get the, uh, until they are, they're able to add more stuff to it. And by that, I mean more, um, more, um, uh, expeditions or more, or more, um, add ons or updates and stuff like that. So, but I'll, I'll come back to it. it again. It's one of those games that you can just, you know, play at your leisure and just have fun with. So I don't think it's going to, uh, be a, be a problem. So, uh, another game that I played with Joe while I was down there, um, in Fresno, it was great. Uh, kind of came to Joe's house and Joe had bought a whole bunch of, uh, games and there were a lot of couch co-op games and it was fun sitting, sitting on the couch, playing a couple of couch co-ops. And I know that, uh, these are some games that you played with him as well, uh, uh, Kev. So, so maybe we can talk about some of those games and give our impressions. Um, so, but before we go into that, another game that I played, by myself was a Far Cry, Far Cry Primal. I am still, 
pushing forward in that game. I'm really enjoying what I'm playing. Again, I've only played a couple of Far Cry games. First one being the fourth one with Joe. Um, and we uh, played a little bit co-op, but he beat that one. And then I played about half of five. And I have six, but I haven't touched it yet. So Joe and I are thinking about going back and playing six. But I've really enjoyed Far Cry Primal. Like, I really... It's, I don't know, there's something about it that 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 has been really fun, especially being, you know, having the secondary language and having the um, the uh, the subtitles. And like, I'm really feeling the plight of these can of the cave clan of the cave bear type, you know, uh, <laughs> characters, you know, so I'm, I'm having fun with it. I'm having. Yeah, fun with it. I kind of bounced off it, but I played I started playing it right after I finished and beat uh, Far Cry four. And so it's just like I was a little bit far cried out at the time and I never went back to it. So. So, yeah. but you know, I know, Kev, you talk very well about Far Cry Primal, you know, because. Uh, the end of Far Cry 4 is some booty booty bullshit. So it's like mm-hmm. the one boss. I know the one boss that you talked about, Kev, that you just absolutely uh, hated on there, which is towards the end. That was just too damn esoteric for its own damn good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I stopped playing the game uh, when I got to the end, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed Primal up to that point. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, Don't mean, spoil mean, it. No. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not spoil you're it. Talking, he's talking about it. 4, not Primal. Oh. No, I'm actually talking about Primal. Oh, Those okay. Planet Primal 2 that was kind of crazy at the end? Yeah, yeah. Huh? It, it, well, let's you know. see. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's oh, see. We'll it won't see be what that bad. No, hopefully it won't be that bad. So, um, but that's the game that I, that, that, those are the, the games that have been really kind of like, you know, sticking with, sticking with me for a long time, though. But uh, but while I was down in Fresno, I did play a couple of games with uh, Joe, and one of the games that I know you did not play with uh, with Joe was, uh, and please don't roast us in the comments, you know. But but I have to admit that uh, I really kind of fell in love with. I mean, maybe love is a strong word. I really really enjoyed playing Minecraft Dungeons uh, with Joe. Um, it was. I don't know what it was, but it was it was a fun game um, running around, picking up, uh, killing weird uh, Minecraft esque characters, creepers and et cetera. Yeah. yeah. And having them explode in. And there's there's like the levels are pretty long, which I thought was really good. The combat is your typical, you know, dungeon crawling type combat. You have your your main weapon, which is usually a sword or, or a melee weapon of some sort, and then you have a ranged weapon, which is like any can be a crossbow, uh, bow and arrow, you name it. They probably it's probably in there. And then you have so you have those two, and then you have your armor slot because you start off with no armor, and you have those three slots, and then you have three um, artifacts that you can equip to your face buttons um, to like. You know your your um, uh, square uh, triangle and circle, yeah. yeah. And then and then you have your 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 typical Diablo L one is your potion, you know. And then you have like another one for your you you can roll and stuff like that. But each but the cool thing about it is each one of the uh, the slottables, except for the artifacts, each has a you can have up to uh, three different enchantments in in the weapon depending on the weapon's rarity so which i think is really cool you know and you get to pick one and then that's the 
that's the enchantment for that weapon. And when you pick that one, you get it up to the three levels, and then you know that's what you get. It can be anything as simple as uh, a, an aura buff, or for for your armor, or it could be a more health. It could be uh, for your arrow for your ranged weapon. It could be extra arrows, or or a poison spot on the ground, and then the the uh, the 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 type of weapon you get or the rarity depends on how many um um enchantments you can get on it and when you level up you get one one point to enchant the weapon but the cool thing about it is you can um you get you you get your loot drops and so you can update uh, when you when you get a new weapon that's stronger or or fits better for your build or whatever you can actually salvage your old one and get your uh the points back that you spent to enhance to 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 enchant it which is really cool because then you can actually get your enchantments back and you can use those enchantments on another weapon so i think that's a really good way for people to experiment and not worry about losing their enchantments which i think is fantastic and you know it's not a looker you know it's that voxel graphics and i still think the the steps the the the, uh, the the sound effects for the steps are a little too too heavy uh, a little too loud but other than that the gameplay is is great and you can you can um make it harder you can make it you can't make it less harder but you can make it harder depending on your 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 group's um uh, armor and attack level. So the, your your attack level, your power level. You can make it you can make it harder or less harder. Sorry, you can make it either normal or more harder. And then you can run it again and get better loot and whatnot. And there's an actual story that you can play. I have no idea about Minecraft's backstory or anything like that. I don't think there is one specifically for Minecraft. But but uh but yeah, I actually had a really fun time. And the game is actually pretty hard. Um, I was very like it's it's actually pretty hard. It's harder than I think it's harder than Diablo, to be completely honest. Um well for what I played. Again, I have not played any of the 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 riffs or any of that stuff. I've only played through through base Diablo. And if I'm comparing base Diablo to to uh Minecraft Dungeons, I would say Minecraft Dungeons is a little harder. But I think that's just because um we're not playing the end game or anything like that. It's actually maybe story based, although um, uh, Diablo. I'm know. thinking the missions that we selected were a little bit um, level gated, but it allowed us to still play. And I think we bumped up the level on, on one of them. So well, we got demolished on the one, but then we yeah. played it again. But when we played it again, we died. No, no, we made it. We made it to the end of that one. Yeah, we but, did. Yeah, but but when we bumped it up just by just by one level like we got slaughtered and i was just like okay you know because i thought oh it's, it's a cute little fun game you're just gonna have a little walk through the park it's not gonna be too crazy I'm like no no it actually it actually is a real game folks i was very like oh shit this is a real game people are out here like making real minecraft dungeon games i was like oh shit all right i was not expecting it when joe when joe was like you know let's let's play this i was like okay sure and when he put that sucker on, I was like, oh, shit, okay. You know, this so, is... Um, you know, it, de- it definitely uh, beat Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance with... Oh, uh, beat it into the ground and took its lunch money. It was not even funny. You know, not even funny. It was so much better than that game. That ab- abomination. Oh, my God. Yes, this was tons better. 
you know honestly if you if you could get past the like voxel graphics um for it and you can just play it you know and just 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 explore it's a lot of fun especially if you're doing it with a friend you know each each one uh, each one has their own um weapons and they get their own drops except for the supply drops the supply drops you each get a chance to open it and you each, but it's not gated between people. So if one person, you know, is playing like a more of a ranged build, you can let your your teammate take all of the ranged stuff if you want. Or or if someone's really low health, you can have them take all of the 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 the, the stuff to make you you know feel better, like the help the health. Stuff. Uh, bread, I think, is what pops. Bread. Up. Well, there's all kinds of shit, and you can kill like animals and get like meat. You can kill people, and apples will pop out of their butts. It's hilarious. So, yeah, but. But it was actually a fun game. I was very surprised by it. I, I I was genuinely surprised. Like we played it, and then um, I left to go do some stuff, you know, with with my uh, with my family. And then um, uh, on the way back, I stopped back at Joe's house, you know, to to cause this was last night just to say goodbye. And we ended up sitting down and playing some more of it. Like I was just like I was really taken back by it. Like that's my like for right now. I was very surprised by that game. So I, I definitely want to play it again, and it's a four-player game. So yeah, can... four-player online. Um, it is uh, crossplay. So if yeah. you happen to have Xbox Game Pass on there, um, we can play with you on the PlayStation. You know, I mentioned the Dez a few times. They you can you know put it on your Series S, but you know I know you're adamant about playing on PlayStation, which is cool as well. So it is my preferred. So I bought it. I yeah. bought it and it's being sent to me. Should be here by Thursday, maybe a little, maybe a little sooner. So we'll play it next. We'll probably play it next, next weekend. I can give you some more information about it. But it's, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't think this is up up your alley, right, Kev? I don't know. I I really haven't paid too much attention to to the game. I don't blame um, you. Neither did I until Joe showed it to me. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, what is this? <laughs> but uh, but it's not bad. It it's definitely not bad. And it, and the, again, so is it a twin stick shooter? No. No, no, it's a rec it's it's just like Diablo. That's the thing that's funny about it. It's 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 a Diablo clone with a Minecraft skin. Mm. And but the thing about it is is it's like I was explaining, it's um it's its weapons and its systems are different. There's no classes, there's no nothing. Like you 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 pick you pick a you pick a character and then you just roll in whatever whatever character you think looks the best in their voxel style, and then you just roll through and then and then you get you get uh, weapons and armor that changes up your character so when you get armor you know and you put it on it changes your appearance it's still kind of blocky but at the same time it's it's really still good and the and the 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 combat is quick it's um you can definitely uh it's snappy again i was very you know and, and i play i play diablo like games that that you know two-thirds quarter view and i love I love dungeon crawling games. And so when I played it, I was like, oh, you know, this is for kids. This is, you know, it's just they're trying to capitalize on the Minecraft name. And, you know, they probably are. But at least they put a lot more love in it than I was expecting. I'll tell you that. I was very surprised by that. And one thing I found surprising, too, is that because of the voxel graphics and the Minecraftness of the levels is that there is a particular thing to where there's raised. Uh, like, oh, yeah. There's like, you know, a thing where, you know, you might have a, a dungeon where, you know, you can't get up to the highest ledge because of the fact that, you know, there's no jump button. So you have to basically be 
on to the next ledge of the block or whatnot. If it's if 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 it's up one level of blocks, then you're able to scale up of it. But if it's like up like three, four blocks from where you're at, you can't jump to get on top of it. So you have to figure your way around the map a little bit. And it kind of gave me some old school vibes of a game like uh, Landstalker on the Genesis. If you remember that game on there where you're kind of going in with a three uh, quarters view and going in and uh, manipulating your character in a 3D space. And so it has a verticality of uh, dungeon crawling gameplay that games like you know dark alliance or diablo might not have per se you know diablo is going to be a just a straight you know flat dungeon if need be you're not going yeah. up and down uh you know uh, scaling onto the level and whatnot so and you enjoyed it you enjoyed it right joe yeah no i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah i mean it's right in my wheelhouse and uh you know uh you know one thing about it it's being better than dark alliance is that there is loot drops when you're playing throughout the level when you're playing in the level and so like me and des were like you know pausing uh, going into our screen and allowing each other to be able to go and equip you know it's it's nothing to where it's like you're dealing with like 20 30 things dropping at once or anything no it, it, it kind of kind of peters down where it's just okay oh there's a weapon that drops down you get one item basically and then uh the thing is you don't have to fight for the item it is specifically dropped for you and it actually mentions this is for jabroni chief and so you're going to be able to go and pick it up you know so you know because i know some games especially loot based games you know you're sitting there dealing with you know you know tens and 20 you know hundreds of different amounts and items you have to go and maintain sell or go to the shop all sort of crap and um, it's just a basic dungeon crawling, you know, game. It, you know, it's made for kids, but at the same time, there's enough depth to it to where it's just, it was really cool to play couch co-op too. So I'm kind of eager to kind of check it out online, especially because I know uh, because of the couch co-op, we have to stay on the same screen basically. If like if uh, I go off or if De me or Desmond uh, doesn't make a particular gate or whatnot that uh, there's a way that you know if one of us pushes on it will automatically you know make the other players kind of catch up with you so at least playing catch co-op i know playing online is probably going to be the fact that you know i'm we you might be able to approach it to where you know one player goes one way one player goes another way possibly too so yeah it's a fun game i really i really enjoyed it so a couple of games that we all played together uh not not together but separately but joe was kind of the linchpin because joe played both all three of these games with us and i'm sure we can give our own little information was uh we played final vendetta um which i thought was like totally it reminded me of an old snk game because of the way the the character models looked reminded me of like snk and and you know, Joe was like, no, 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 it's not an SNK game. It's, this is the new studio. And I was just like, what? And so so we ended up playing that. And I know he was telling me, uh, Kev, that you really enjoyed the hell out of that game, right? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, the enemies definitely look like rejects from an SNK cast call. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I saw multiple Andy Bogard rejects. Uh, uh, the brother man kind of looks like Joe Higashi in the face, except he's black. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is definitely a an SNK inspiration to this game for sure. A lot of uh, homages to 
uh, other 2D fighting games of the 90s, a lot of Final Fight recalls, uh, some... Uh, that remind me of Rival you, Turf. Yeah, Rival Turf. Yeah, there was definitely some Rival Turf stuff going on with regards to like grabbing an enemy and then flipping over them to do some type of, you know, from behind, uh, you know, uh, body slam or something like that. Uh, that was a rival schools thing. Uh, not rival schools, but the rival turf thing you can do with one of the, one of the cla one of the characters. So yeah, there was a lot of callbacks, a lot of nineties callbacks to that game. It was, it was actually pretty dope. Yeah. And I remember playing that and then I didn't realize that they were no, um, no uh, revives, not revives, but like no extra, no extra coins. Can't yeah. start. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Because like, they want you to actually play it. <laughs> see, and I was like, okay, because usually I'm like, okay, it's fine. We'll have a little bit of fun, and then, and then, you know, I, if I, you know, it's easy, and I can just kind of keep spamming, you know, quarters if you need to. Nah, they were like, no, I'll get good, sir. And I was like, no. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I totally felt that you know, in my bones when I was playing that. And I was like, okay, I might have to pick this one up too, because this was, this was a lot of fun. And then the, and then the music was great. You mm -hmm. know, what is it? Utah saints were the ones that did the music. Yeah. Utah yeah. saints. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, the music was great. It really captured that, that nineties, you know, sort of high energy fighting, you know, beat em up type game. Like, like this is definitely, uh, an homage in the in the in the perfect sense. Fantastic game. You guys should really check it out. Yeah, Another, it, it, yeah, it was um, on sale on PSN for like fourteen bucks. So, and uh, one thing too that when I was playing with Kev is that you're able to go into the options menu and and be able to select the stage. So, like, say if you start the game, you could start the game on like stage four, stage five, if you want to, on there. So, and. Uh, there is a cheat menu to get into and give yourself infinite lives or infinite uh, um, health. So, of course, you know, there's always there just in case. But I'm just saying yeah. it's awesome that like they don't uh, instinctively just give that to you. You know, yep. you it's your choice. And I really I really like that. Um, another game that we played, which I was not really into playing. And it's a game that I kind of was like, OK, this game's pretty fun. And that was uh, Jitsu Squad, because I thought, okay, this is just some anim anim uh, anamorph type things that's just silly, and and it just looks, it's a silly game. It's a silly game, you know, with, you know, pandas in the background, side-scrolling fighting game. Like, we played a lot of fighting games, but it was actually pretty fun, and it had, it had fighting moves that you learned and you got better i played i played the afro sporting frog you know in the in the classic gi you know uh with the white underwear <laughs> and uh, and the pipe smoker so i was like okay it looked like samuel jackson if he was a bullfrog i was like okay <laughs> but <laughs> But it was pretty fun. Like the like I it was very bright in your face. It's you know, anthropomorphic, you know, animal ninja hybrids. You have a bunny, you have a raccoon, you have a frog, and you have a boar. And they're all, you know, trying to stop somebody from from you know destroying the earth because 
are destroying the planets because you actually are in space as well and you go to different planets. The The game is all over the place. It it calls from a lot of different genres and it just is just silly. It is just a silly game and it's a lot of fun. It's a fun beat-em-up. I was getting a lot of... Uh, um, what was that one King Arthur, one of those old Capcom games, the, um, those old, uh, Knights of the Round. round. Yeah. It's like a, it's a belt action game. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was getting that feeling with it, you know, and, and of course for, with, 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 uh, with Final Vendetta and Jitsu Squad, you know, it, it it doesn't, it's not real food if it's not like street turkey, you know, or, or street sushi, you know, or, or trash can sushi when you beat up a trash can and sushi flies out and you eat it to get your health back. It's like, okay, sure. But, uh, but the gameplay was a lot of fun. Uh, what'd you, Joe, what'd you think about that game? I know you bought it and I know it's kind of, it might be pretty hard to find right now, but what were your thoughts about that game? Cause I know you were chomping at the bit to get me to play with you. So so what were your, what was your thoughts about it? Well, I, that wasn't the first time I played it. I played it with Kev too, like about I know. Three, four weeks ago. But I know, yeah, I know you it, went to play it with me. <laughs> yeah, no, because it, it lends itself to some good uh, couch co-op, and you know, just the animation in the game is like top notch. It's definitely even just in a different style than Final Vendetta, but it is more of a, a HD, uh, cell shaded, um, really animated, well, like you know, modern animation techniques and. Uh, this game is kind of bananas, you know, so, and, uh, I was kind of disappointed that it didn't support online multiplayer, but me and Kev played it a few weeks ago. We talked about on the show too, that we play using share play. And so if you do want to play some more Des definitely share play is the way to go. As long as I know, I think you bought it digitally, right, Kev? I did. And to me, it kind of reminds me if uh, tiny tune adventures and happy tree fans made a game. That's it would probably look like jitsu squad. Uh, that that's really the best that's that's really the best way to describe it if you're a 90s kid and you remember tiny tune adventures uh a lot of the main a lot of the characters look like they stepped right out of that yeah um, i would agree 100% and uh happy tree friends because it's kind of bloody surprisingly bloody given the uh <laughs> the um the color, the, the color, it, right? the color palette, and the the cartooning cartooniness of the character designs is very Happy Tree Friends. Yeah. <laughs> there's nods, there's nods in the game too, which is crazy. But they like use the um, sound clip of Berserker Barrage for Wolverine from like the Capcom mm. uh, fighting games on there. So it's like you know you basically have an enemy doing Berserker Barrage in the background. <laughs> don't, there. don't tell Capcom. Yes, uh, there was like even a portion in one of the cutscenes referencing Mortal Kombat on there. Of course, some of the special moves you get with some of the characters, including like you know fireballs, dragon punches, all sorts of craziness. So, so there's a lot of reference. Uh, Maximilian Dude is also in the game as a like uh, special bonus, like you know, uh, character that comes on the screen and does a special move. That on clears there. the screen. So, yeah, so there's there's definitely nods to the fighting game, um, you know, genre and the community as well. So, you know, so game, if you pick it up retail, it's like 30 bucks. It's like a good time. I'm glad they've made a physical. I was able to pre-order it, get it at GameStop, you know, no, no problem. You can find it on Amazon and other places. So it's available uh, if you want to give it a shot. So and if you want to. 
if you want to play it, hey, join the Discord. Say, I want to play Jitsu Squad. We'll queue it up on SharePlay, and maybe we'll get multiple people playing. Who knows, you know? So it, It's really fun. It was really fun. And there was another game, or the last game that Joe and I played together was uh, Young Souls. And this is a game that I really was was wanting to play. It's a two-player um, action game, side-scroller, but it's a little bit... It It, it, it is a... It is a... It has a it has a really long it has a really big story in it as well where you're these you know twins fraternal twins um, and you have uh, you know you're 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 these badass kids you know <laughs> and you curse and stuff like that and 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 you and you live with this guy named the professor and there are these trolls that are living underground and you, you the the professor gets kidnapped and then you have to go and and save said professor so really straightforward uh kind of thing but the kids are like the kids are kind of assholes because they're like you know uh bad kids you know they're they're like baby's kids type of kids <laughs> with swords and if you know that reference you know you're an old school like us so um but yeah i i thought i thought um the gameplay was was really fun. There's blocks. There's uh, you know sword attacks. You can do all kinds of other you know uh, moves as well. But it's a uh, but it's much more of a, the, the story is much more center than what's go than 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 a typical side scrolling beat 'em up. And uh, and then the art style is sort of like um, it's sort of like uh going under which is that one kind of like um i'm trying to think of a, another game that was kind of like it it's a little bit like like um uh, i don't want to say paper mache because that's wrong it's like um it's kind of like who like like an art the way that looks the animations are kind of flat but it's it it, it has an, an an added dimension to it and they're kind of like you know rubber bandy a little bit, sort of like Adventure Time, but with a much darker palette. So it, it's a very stylized game, and it's sort of like a I don't I, I dare to say the word hipstery game, but it looks like it it wears its sort of street, you know, culture on its arm. You know, they're talking about you know sneaker culture. They're talking about all these different things, and the and the kid has like a faux hawk, and the other girl has like this really bish bushy hair. You're not sure if they're black or not. Maybe you know maybe a little bit of mixed mix you know mixed races and stuff. So so it's uh it 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 definitely is 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 a a newer uh a newer type of uh beat 'em up. You know, taking yeah, lots, lots of pinks and purples. And yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The color palette is is dark. It's dark, but but it still has these bright colors as well. So the so the the way the the way the game looks for me looks fantastic. It's very modern. It's very new. Um, but and but sometimes though the 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 dialogue gets to be a little bit cringy, a little bit because you can tell. It's for me. It seems like it was, it was written by adults trying to be, you know, angsty kids. So I'm kind of like, okay. So, but if you can get past that and just and just can 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 do it for the gameplay, then then it's a pretty good game. You know, I bought it on the PSN is having a sale right now, so I bought it. Um, 
and Joe bought it, but he has it. He has the actual physical copy of it. And then that Joe no, I, didn't and I, buy it. I bought it digitally as well. Oh, I thought so. you bought the physical copy of it. No, oh. it was only available digitally through Pix and Love, which is the publisher out of France. It's a French developed game as well. Yeah. So that's for some reason that you got it. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, okay. I think, uh, I looked at it and it was on games pass. It was a stadia game. And, uh, originally, um, mm-hmm. and it was just the point that it's still on games pass. In fact, so if you do have an X, you know, I, um, like, sounds like I'm plugging away games pass, but you know, Hey, it's on there. So just pointing yeah. that out, but yeah. you know, well, our listeners have game pass. So if you have it, I mean, if you have these games on game pass and they're on there, check them out, you know, do it i think you would really i think you'd really enjoy a lot of the games that that joe and i played uh what were your thoughts about it about it uh kevin um for what game are you talking about because young, uh, young souls young i never souls. oh did i play that yeah you played yeah. with me remember we played for a little bit there was with those two kids oh the two ki- okay um it was okay. I don't really see me going back to it, though, to be honest. I had some a few issues with the combat mechanics itself. Um, I, I didn't mind the angstiness of the kids. The color palette looked very Fortnite-ish. Yeah. It's, that... it's definitely uh, we're trying to be hipsters. Like, I, you know, you would expect to see these people in Starbucks. I'll just put it that way. And and it's I mean, I thought it was okay, but I really was not in love with the combat mechanics in the game. So I I probably won't be going back to it, but I I get its appeal. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a filter in the options to eliminate the swearing. So, I mean, that might actually make it least less cringy if uh, I'll have to check that out and see if it kind of eliminate some of the because you know i i don't know i just this seems like a game that doesn't warrant the character saying shit and fuck and all this other stuff i'm swearing trying to demonstrate their angst on there but uh you know pretty much it's uh you know i liked the way it played we were just in the introductory i think me and des got to like level three i think or chapter three we got chapter there. three, yeah. Yeah, and I think me and Kev, we only we bounced off it uh, and went back to something else after I think about uh, chapter two. In fact, I don't think Kev. I don't we, think we, we made it to chapter two. No, uh, we, we, there yeah. there is a sequence where you have to go in early in the game through the house, in, go through the house, and then um, take items to the pawn shop, and you know that was, was all new for me mm-hmm. when I was playing with you, Des. Uh, one thing to mm-hmm. note about this game too, it is couch co-op available so you can play two players but it is not online two player enabled so it's a point that uh, it's very annoying only supports couch co-op so yeah which is very annoying i really wish that they would do that so i guess in the in the main when you play it by yourself you can select which 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 of the siblings you want to play as yeah you could switch off actually during the gameplay so you could go, go back and forth between the two characters so yeah uh but that's all that i've been playing so uh uh joe what else have you been playing my friend oh uh, well i my main uh game i've been playing for the last week is fantasy star online 2 new genesis of course uh i'm trying to put my feet to the fire and make myself progress in the story a little bit more because it seems like i just fire it up i play the dailies i get my dailies done 
and then you know i'm off to something else you know so it's like i want to be able to push forward the story a bit and it's not like it's not new to me because of the fact that i played it quite a bit before on xbox and so you know i just need to push through i mean uh, I got po the point to where I decided to stick with a, a hunter-braver combination. Uh, my braver class is up to level 21, which kind of stood out to me a little bit because of the fact that when we were playing on Xbox back in the day, the level cap was 20 uh, because we were playing right at the beginning at the launch uh, when it was like an open access. So, you know, so just seeing it, it going up to level 21, is like, oh, this is a little bit beyond what I played when I was playing it pretty hardcore on there so you know and uh i'm open to playing with others in the community i know you know it's really a hard sell sometimes with this game because it's a little bit esoteric at the beginning on there there's a lot of systems you know there's an mmo you know i saw with a recent update uh, that they're um coming out with a thing where you could have your own house like your area and decorate it and lay out things if you really care to do that so I kind of just kind of forego all the MMO-ness of it and kind of just focus on the main gameplay uh, aspects of it, which is the uh, kind of really deep, uh, art, you know, action RPG elements of the game. And I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. So, yeah, No, no Man's Sky is kind of taking the backseat. Um, probably won't go back to No Man's Sky until PlayStation VR 2 comes out and maybe check that out and rack my brain eh, my eyeballs with that business so um also played um beyond what we played together me and kev also played a couple of games using share play uh rumblefish 2 we played for at least a, like i think a couple of rounds it wasn't working all that great in share play so but uh first look at that game this game is like a sequel um to a fighting game that came out like back in the mid uh, 2000s on here and i don't know why it got uh you know looked at for a re-release but it has been you know i never played rumblefish 2 prior to buying it i wound up picking up the import from play asia with a code for rumblefish 1 i kind of have affinity towards rumblefish because um back in the day i was i took a trip to japan i was supposed to be a trip with desmond and my friend terry but uh Desmond, for whatever reason, uh, couldn't make it. So me and I Terry went back went. to school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for, I went back to school and like a whole bunch of years later, I still haven't made it there. So we we're going to be going 2024, buddy. We're going. Good deal. Uh, one thing I played Rumblefish. The first time I played Rumblefish was at in an arcade in Akihabara. So I remember playing that for the first time. I really liked it when I was playing it there. And I picked up the PS PlayStation 1. Uh, not PlayStation, PlayStation 2 copy of Rumblefish, and uh, I still have it to this day, actually, because it brings back memories of me playing it in the arcades in Japan. Uh, for, and so that's why I wanted to pick up Rumblefish 2, because I figured, hey, you know, this, this might be good. But uh, uh, a, couple, a couple of rounds that me and Kev played, I was like, ah, uh, like, it was kind of weird. Like, the characters' limbs were, like, kind of animated weird, and... Uh, the gameplay loop seems like it was kind of a little bit esoteric. I don't know what you felt about Kev, because I know I don't know if you're properly controlling the character or not. But. Yeah, I I really it didn't do anything for me. I I didn't like the character designs. I didn't couldn't figure out how whether I was dealing with a with a Shoto style character or a charge character. I was using my. Um, 
I was using my hitbox controller and I don't think it was really responding all that well. It could be share play. It, it, it could be give... share play, but I it's like, look, in a 2D fighting game, they're either going to be Shoto's or Charge or, or, or Grapple characters, 360 moves. All of those I can do with a hitbox, and I couldn't get any character to do any kind of move with, with, with it. And so without without really paying attention to the button layout and really going into it like a training session and learning the game, just from its pickup and play standpoint, it's very poor. And one of the one of the hallmarks I think of a good modern 2D fighter is its pickup and play ability, where you don't if you're just in a group with a group of friends and you just want to play a game and nobody really knows the ins and outs and the deep, deep mechanics of the fighting system and all that, can you as complete total noobs pick up the game and play at least do something and uh rumblefish 2 is definitely not well, that is not a characteristic of it, at least in at least what i've experienced with it you gotta consider the game initially came out back in 2005 so it's definitely it's like a uh, kind of symbolic of its time i guess it came out on the adams wave board which was basically the dreamcast uh, based board from sega uh back in the day so and uh yeah was, there, are, I, there are a lot of fighting games from that period that are pick up and play king of fighters is one of them i, I thought know? rumblefish one was actually decent from when i played yeah. of it and uh it's expecting the same for rumblefish too but i'm um, like even looking on steam right now and it has like a rating of you know five out of ten right now mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're asking for 30 bucks and I picked it. Oh, picked, hell no. I picked up the collector's edition from, uh, from play Asia for like around 44 or 50 bucks. So, you know, bless your you, heart. You, you could actually pre-order the Rumblefish fish two collector's edition because it is coming out in the States, but a limited run is publishing it. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, and you could like pick it up for seventy dollars. Make mm, you holla. Mm. So. That'd make me cry. It wouldn't make me holla. <laughs> Another game we played was uh, Mighty Goose. So Mighty Goose is uh, basically a uh, action run and gun shooter, starting a bounty hunter goose on here, and so it does have some co-op play because you're able to. Um, you know, share um, a controller with someone, couch co-op again, to, like play a little like bird a companion that like shoots a bunch of grenades. And so that's the role that Kevin was playing while I was running and gunning with the goose on there. So very reminiscent of a game. If you were thinking about anything to kind of compare it to like uh, bro force or metal slug on there. So, Especially just a lot of uh, shooting, uh, platforming, um, you know, just good, good game goodness on there. So, you know, I it's a fun game. Enjoyed. I think, Des, you played a little bit when it was on Game Pass, right? Oh, yeah. I played a lot of it, actually. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So I picked it up on the sale. I have it on PlayStation. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I think the art style is gorgeous. You know, it's like mm-hmm. definitely that 2D 
animated style and uh, it's definitely worth your time if you're interested in a game of that type i definitely am going to go back and, and play some single player and, and check it out a little bit more on that uh also i fired up another uh share play business is that we uh i started a game called battle axe which i played previously on there this is another bitmap bureau game the same developer of uh, final vendetta also they did also xeno crisis as well on here this is more of a like a old another homage to like a 16-bit era game it kind of reminded me a little bit of a mashup between golden axe and zombie ate my neighbors if <laughs> i'm gonna equate it to anything so you're like on to a like uh, a play field uh, and you're going you know to different segments of the map you know you're playing um two player on there uh you know my character was a, a dwarf that was attacking with his beard very well animated of course uh kev i forgot what you had the valkyrie right um i don't know what she i i, I thought she was like a thief because she had like uh she was running with dual daggers i just interpret i just i didn't read what class she was she, she reminded me of the stereotypical D D thief character got it very quick yeah and so we're just running through the stage, you know, there's no continues, just like with Final Vendetta. So we kind of just went through, went through our lives, a lot of lives and kind of moved on in from there, you know. So um, I felt, you know, this is a game I'll probably get back into. I think it's, you know, I wish I had time to maybe play it with you, uh, Des, but, you know, maybe we could fire it up and do some share play as well on there. You know, for yeah, the I most part, played, share play I, works pretty well. So yeah, I, I played it with you before. So Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah, so you might be able to play it again. Yeah. But uh, that game also got a re-release recently, and it got released for PlayStation 5. So look, if you're interested in a 16-bit inspired game, you don't want to pay too, too much. But it's, I think it's like $44.99 on there. I don't know, Kev, if you feel that game is warrants uh, if it's a $45 investment or not. So. not. Not for me, no. I I think this would be a great game at like 20 bucks. It would be like a 20, maybe a 25 to 30. That would be pushing it for me. But no, I, I can't see myself paying 45 for it. Yeah, I believe I think the 45 is a collector's edition with an art, art book or a soundtrack of some sort. And, you know, Final Vendetta, you could give it up because in Battle Axe 2, both have great music, great pixel art. So if you're into it and you want to support the developers, that is a way for you to do it. So... And then last but not least, uh, during game night, I was kind of doinking around, playing around with uh, Genshin Impact again. I just wanted to see what the hubbub was. You know, our mutual friend Dom plays a lot of Genshin Impact, and I was thinking about playing it for the last couple of weeks. I was fervently looking to see if I could, you know, start a new game on PlayStation, you know, too much to Desmond's chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I can't just resume a game uh, I haven't played in months and months and months uh, so found that I had a uh, started a game on an alternate account and uh, it was like only level 2 so I was able to figure out where I was and kind of knew I, I was at the beginning portion of the game and kind of moved and worked my way through just kind of getting re-familiarized myself to the combat in the game a little bit, you know. It, it was up to the point where I was not even into the first main city. 
So I think I should be able to go ahead and resume then from there. Yeah, I might be tempted to just start fresh on PC, but I'll probably continue to play on my alternate account. But uh, that's it for me. Kev, what else have you been playing besides what we talked about? Uh, so I went, I've been playing Need, a lot of Need for Speed Unbound. Uh, that has kind of sort of become my, def, my de facto game <laughs> of late. And uh, I made it through a, a, the first major um, uh, what would you uh, milestone in the game it, it, with, with regard to the storyline. I'm at a point now where I'm doing events where I'm winning cars, so I'm starting to expand my uh, my garage. What you need for the final race is you need a car in each class, and it's probably a good idea to have like two cars in each class. In case you're, in case you want to be able to do like a drift, if there's a drift event that you want to do, you can also like readjust the how your car is equipped. Uh, you can equip the cars with different uh, equipment, uh, suspension, tires, brake setups. It's nowhere near as in depth as something like a Gran Turismo or a Forza Motorsport. It's not even in that same league. You're literally just making selections of a system on a car and adjusting it to be either grip or drift. And there's a slider that lets you make that adjustment. The more grip options or drift options you have will uh, designate the split between drift and grip uh, performance of the vehicle and basically grip just makes your car stick like glue to the road and drift allows you to um, literally drift around corners uh, very burnout burnout style um, and I've, I've right now I've got a car I won a car it's a Mazda RX-8 that is after some mods that I slapped on there, it's about 20% grip. And uh, I like the way it performs. Um, once you get past uh, A plus rank cars, it goes from B all the way to triple S, which is like your supercars, like McLarens and Ferraris and whatnot. Once you get past um, A plus, or midway point of A+, plus, you really should start moving your cars over to grip uh, because you're, you're starting to go way too fast to really be able to utilize the drift effectively. You're just going to drift off the road at, <laughs> at that point. So you want a car that grip is way more useful for your higher performing vehicles and you you're still drifting even with a grip car um but it'll it'll allow you to hold the road a, a, a whole lot better so i'm learning i've learned and I'm, I'm learning the mechanics that the game wants you to play by to get uh maximum success it's it, you really have to play it a little bit differently than your typical arcade racer, which I can appreciate. 
But uh, full disclosure, I did have to go to YouTube to figure some things out. It's like, I, I know I don't suck that bad at arcade racing games. Like, what am I doing wrong? So I had to I had to look up the formula of actually what you really need to do. And once I started applying that formula, um, I got way better at, at way better at the game. Um, so basically, the formula is when you start, once you get to your maximum speed, you empty your nos and you spend the rest of your time trying to drift uh, or. Um, uh, catch the uh, what they call that the wake of the cars in front of you and that builds up your boost nos which is a separate thing and as you drive behind them your standard nos will, will recharge so once you get it fully charged up you empty it again and that's literally just how you keep up with the pack because if you don't do that there is some rubber banding um that comes into play it's nowhere near what it was on say like hot wheels but it can be a little bit irritating if you don't understand the formula that you need to play by so once you get that it's 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 very fun so i'm still enjoying that played some evil west making my way through that game um Fighting, even, and like I said before, even though there's a lot of re re repetitive enemies in Evil West, it's still a lot of fun, at least for me. Um, it, it The story is pretty good. The dialogue is a little, um, is particularly since now where I'm at, the main character is, is often alone. So <laughs> some of the things he says is like, you know, it's like, well, would you really be saying that out loud <laughs> by yourself? Oh. Probably oh. not. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but it's a fun game. It's a fun game. Um, so still digging that. Um, River City Girls 2 is is kind of like my my comfort game. Uh, something I'll throw on uh, maybe an hour or so before I turn in or or decide to watch TV or what have you. Great beat 'em up homages to. I mean, I'm discovering homages to classic anime, classic beat 'em ups, uh, games from various companies. You know, from Capcom to uh, to to Data East to Trade West. I mean, it, it, they they threw. They threw homages. It's, it's like they 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 just had an homage machine, and they just spat them throughout the game. And like I say, classic anime. Even it, the game is fantastic. Um, highly comes highly recommended uh, if you like beat 'em ups. And the last game I I spent some time with Sonic Frontiers and. Man, it's like the more I play that game, the better it becomes. But as it gets better, the limitations of the engine become a little bit more apparent. I'm on, I've moved from the first group of islands. Now I'm on to the, the set. Well, it's not really an island. It's more like a landmass. That's probably a better a better description of it, which is a desert environment. And the game, the enemy variety continues to take me by surprise. Like, uh, like I fought a sand shark. 
a sand shark a sand shark it's like a mechanical sand shark because everything is like giant robots in sonic frontiers and there's a sand shark that you fight and the combat loop around that sand shark is just ridiculous it is but in a good way like you have to grab the shark by the tail and you have to sand surf behind it and you you slowly pull yourself up the shark's tail as it's twisting and turning and leaping so you can get close enough to bop it in the back of the head and dude it's just absolutely a a joy to play but the limitations of the engine that they're using where objects like spawn literally right in front of you on the desert, on this desert environment, it's become more and more apparent. It, it's not to the point where it, it doesn't, when I say take you out of the game, it doesn't impede Sonic's speed necessarily. But on parts where, particularly parts where you uh, hit a jump, because th- this game is all about collecting stuff. It's all about collecting stuff. Oh boy! So yeah. So I can't wait. don't say that to Joe. Yeah, <laughs> you I can't wait. Do a lot of collecting. <laughs> uh, so as you're, th- what the game will do is it'll send you skyward, right? And there's like all these hovering platforms and rails and loops and all these Sonic things that you would expect to find in a Sonic game, except they're throughout the entire environment, up in the air, down the ground. So you can be sent up skyward to grab a collectible. And as you're getting ready to land, you could be in uh, within striking distance of starting another collectible uh, little platforming session still up in the air. But you won't necessarily see it because it doesn't spawn until you're practically on top of it sometimes. And it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I could have started and grabbed whatever it is that that's going to lead me to. So now you got to go back down the ground. Remember where you access that first one, that 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 first uh, platforming section, do all that over again and remember where that's that next section that you want to get to is going to spawn and make sure that the camera is positioned where it's going to pop in, literally pop in and then be able to continue on from there. So I, that didn't experience that in the first land mass that I'm on, but now that I'm on the second one, it's becoming a little bit more uh, of an irritant because the way that the desert scenario is set up, you're going, you're spending a lot more time in the air uh, here as opposed to the first one. And these pop-in things just become a little bit more uh, egregious. It's still a great game. It's still a fun game, particularly at its discount price. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a it's a practical steal if you are any kind of a Sonic fan whatsoever. It is definitely the best new Sonic game that has come out in a long, long, long time. Uh, but what I would like to see for a sequel in this game is a better engine that has much better and greater draw distances. 
because I think that's really what's hurting the game. And I and I'm not the first one to say it. A whole bunch of other folks have mentioned that as well. Uh, but that's what I have been playing uh, this past week. So with that said, we're moving on to our next topic on the docket, that being the Vessel Line. And uh, alert, 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 new challenger approaching. We've got a guest on this episode of the Gaming Vessels podcast. We got uh, John BT. So say say hello to the folks listening, John. What's up? Hey, hey all. How's it going? I'm so glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, welcome. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So we're <clears throat> kicking off our, starting off with, with the Vessel Line. So I'm going to turn the mic over to Dez. All right, everybody. So like we said on the last episode, uh, every other week we are going to be doing uh, the Vessel Line. So instead of the main event question, uh, we're going to answer that question and give our thoughts on the next show. So for for this one, it's the Vessel Line in which we ask the question or we ask our listeners to to ask us questions, you know, or, or we want to see what's been going on on our Discord. And like Kevin said earlier, we have a long time you know, contributor to our Discord, John B. Team. So, um, and he's going to be answering these questions with us because he's a longtime uh, gaming aficionado. So uh, he is definitely has a has a long line uh, of of uh, of games and systems and and just knowledge of games, almost enough to rival the Jabroni Chief. Maybe we have like a little, you know, little battle. Of the wits to do like a Jeopardy. Oh no! Never end gaming Jeopardy. Gaming Jeopardy. Yeah, maybe. I think so. So, Will D asked the question: What is the one thing you would change about gamers and or gaming nowadays, especially when you look back to the '80s and the '90s? Uh, I will let. Since John is 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 our guest, I'll let you answer Wildy's question first. Yeah, so so I I was recently at a uh, so I had my birthday party at a like classic arcade thing. It's like arcade bar thing, and they have all these old arcade games, like a David Buster's. <laughs> yeah, like David Buster's, but it was like all but the cooler. games are from the eighties. So. And all the games are free, and you get to play, you know, Moon Patrol and, you know, whatever, Tron Deadly Discs and the other Tron game where you choose the four different things. And what this got me thinking is, like, while we do have a ton of games that are, like, like I, I feel like every game has to have a story now and i sort of wonder do we need stories for every game like could we just have games that are like activities and i feel like cell phone games do this okay but but like console games you know are like they always want to have the full story thing you know i kind of want the is, is there the option for like having a, a just a, you know, pitfall where you're just running and jumping over whatever? And, and I feel like we don't get that anymore. Like, 
like you know there's like small indie games that kind of lend itself to like good arcade style gameplay but it's really hard for a triple a game to not have all the story beads unfortunately so I think I think those games do exist nowadays. They're mostly indie games. I mean, just take a look at all of the Bullet Heaven or Bullet Hell, you know, Vampire Survivor type games. I mean, those games have no plot whatsoever, and all you're doing is trying to beat a clock. So I think that they're there, but I think for whatever reason, uh, people as consumers need to have more. We need to have more, you know. And 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 how do you give people more? Well, you give them a story. You know, which then in turn allows you to to and now allows you to you know pay more because you're adding story to it, you know, and and I think that's you know just a proliferation of just gaming in general. You know, once it gets once you can do more, people want to do more, and then when people do more, they charge you more. You know, because think about it, like you had Pong, and this is gonna get get to our. Uh, another question that was asked, but when you think about it, you had Pong back then, and that was like a representation of tennis. There was no story behind that. You just hit the ball back and forth. And then its graphics got better, and people were able to see this as a as a as a narrative device. That's when we started to get stories, you know. And so I hear you. Like I think it'd be great to go back to a simpler time where you could just play the game. You know, it's just the game. And I think and I think that's what I think that's why the bullet heaven. Uh, type of genre has blown up so much because they're easy to make, they're easy to edit and update, and and you could constantly add whatever you want to that game. You know, check out seriously, check out Vampire uh, Survive or Survivors because that is like like you know, and Blind Binding of Isaacs I and mean, Grandpa. I mean, um, uh, the Vampire uh, Survivors game is crazy because of how how many things they've added to that game and it's just it's just silly you know people are like you know why why would i play that game you know there's nothing to it you're literally just running around you know collecting weapons and stuff you know but that's what people want to play now because i do think that there's just a glutton of um of narrative of narrative type of games that people just don't want to play anymore you know they just want to get in there they want to play their game and they want to leave you know uh, that's that that's my opinion because i watch a ton of those those um those uh uh bullet heaven games because for me i like looking at people's skill and seeing if they can actually make it you know people trying to you know break games and do this and that to them so so for me i actually really enjoy the 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 seeing people try to beat them so so for me i think it's there uh you just gotta look for it in 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 a sea of just all different types of 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 genres of games out there, you know, and and I, I think that because even even the even the 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 arcade games that were out there had a had a brief narrative. It was like usually someone trying to take over the world. You had to hop into your spaceship and blow them up. That was pretty much it, <laughs> you know. And every now and then you'd have someone with like big big biddies talking about like, "Oh, Captain, what are we doing?" As as she's like, you know, flexing her chest at you, you know, <laughs> you know, and you and and you're like the grizzled or old guy and and like the chiseled face, you know, so. So it's there. It's just kind of funny, but um, but I do agree with you. You know, sometimes we don't need, you know, a thirty-hour narrative to, to play a game. Oh yeah, I mean, narrative is 
like totally fine. I just, I, I sometimes wonder if there's a little level of simplicity and I know that the indie games do it. It's just like, you know, sometimes I, I, I just wonder like when I was playing that, I like, do you guys all remember that Tron game where you choose the four different types of. Yeah. The Midway arcade game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. And it's like, so oh, easy. I'm going to choose this. And, and it's great. Cause like until you know like you choose a direction and you don't know what you're gonna get you're gonna get the annoying tank game or you're gonna get the <laughs> the cool light cycle you know or the super spider easy breakout like thing Ugh. you know or the spider one yeah and it's like you know it's annoying it's just this worthless little game but i played it for like 45 minutes <laughs> Because it was free, and I could just keep going, and I was like, "Man, this game is just so fun!" Yeah. So, you know, that sort of thing. There's there's some aspect that I know it's captured by like Candy Crush and and whatnot. That that you know, knockoffs that 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 do that sort of stuff. That the games that just get you on the addiction side. But I sort of wonder, like, we're missing some of that in this really intense games where you're like, you know, I used to pay $50 for the equivalent of that Tron game. Now I'm paying $70 for this game that, like, when I'm not in the mood, I'm not going to put it on. So, yeah. Well, I get it. I get it, too, you know. That's why games like, you know, like say I'm going to throw out a game like Geometry Wars is sometimes it's just a great palate cleanser, you know, throwing on something like uh latest iteration of Tempest or something, you know, so because, you know, we're old enough on this show. We definitely uh, I started gaming in the arcade and so I definitely see the appeal of uh, just putting a quarter in or, you know, token in and, you know, just figuring about just getting getting into play mechanics just right in there and <laughs> Kind of going in as long as it has a hook, going and moving that point forward. As always, uh, that's what I love about gaming. So I don't need sometimes a big long exposition. I don't need to have these AAA oh voice acting all sort of crap. Because to me, it's like you know I don't want to be watching a TV show. If I want to watch TV, I go watch TV. So that's why I don't think I I play as much like games like you know. Detroit Become Human or Heavy Rain or uh, games of that ilk, even though, you know, games of that type are also cool as well. So it just depends on what you what you want. So. Yeah, my last thoughts on this is like, I'll give the example of I'm sure it was in maybe in Kev's playlist, but um, like uh, River City Girls, I mean, like, you know, I'm I'm playing through it, River City Girls, too. And the ability to just jump in and just beat up some people and gain some experience for my like side characters or whatever that I'm not really playing. And like, if I just want to do that and run around and not really advance the story, that's great. It's this fun little beat em up. Stupid and, you know, yeah. there's really not much to it. I'm doing the same thing with No Man's Sky and PSO. So it's yeah. like I sign on and 
I'm not advancing the story. I'm just sitting there grinding the same damn uh, uh, world, much to uh, Des's chagrin. You know, my dusty, mm-hmm. toxic, dusty, toxic planet. You know, I spent like literally like a month on for whatever reason. So. We were having fun. Yes. You should advance the story of No Man's Sky. It is like there is nothing to that story. <laughs> advance the story. I know I like, will. When I get back to it. Please. I leave do him the, alone. Do the Atlas storyline too at the same time. Like, but finish the Atlas storyline before you finish the main storyline. So you finish everything. No, nope. I let him. I just let him do what he's gonna do. Yes, have you finished it? Have I? No. No. No, I just, I just, it's, it's I just like play the game. four hours. <laughs> That's what I love about it. I feel like I could do it in like maybe two. I just love it. Just love. I mean, I love the game. It's, it's amazing. But like, I feel like uh, if it wasn't for the fact that you have to like constantly move around to all these places and stuff, you could be done in no time. All right. It's not about the destination, about the journey. The journey. Yes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to Will's question. I'll let I'll let someone. He had to jump off of that one. He was like, "No, <laughs> I don't think so." Um, so for me, uh, what is one thing that I would change about gaming and or gaming nowadays? Um, I don't know if, I don't know if I would change anything. And, and I say that because I just think gaming is in a really good space right now. Um, I do think that they would uh, stop uh, releasing games half-baked. You know, I think I, I, I think now that games cost as much as uh, movies to produce, that is, you know, somewhat hurting uh, gaming because... It's it, it's about the money and 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 how much folks can get. So I'm thinking that if they were able to, you know, just you know tone it down a little bit and stop pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, uh, the games would be a lot better for it, and then they would have a lot better uh, rapport with their um, with their customers. You know, I think with the race to be the next big thing, I think that's with any you know, mass marketed product, but the, um, the race to be the best, um, and then putting out subpar, you know, subpar work and then saying, Oh, we'll fix it with updates. That's not a good look, you know? And I think us as consumers need to kind of hold their feet to the fire, um, until, you know, and release stuff when it's ready. So, but that would be my kind of my my rough take on it because all in all, I think gaming is is great. Um, I do every so often. I, I am every so often saddened that there are no more arcades and and the and the wave of arcades is kind of is kind of kind of dead. I wish there. I wish it wasn't like that. But but that's kind of you know how it is right now. So. Yeah, it kind of kills me with that because of the fact that the great social aspect of arcades. Hell, I met you at an arcade, for God's sake. I met most of my friends at an arcade. Yeah, I I learned how to software, etc. Yeah, I learned how to I learned how to play fighting games in an arcade, you know, so it's just all these things that are just not, you know, around anymore. To Dez's point on that about games being half-baked, um, is the hard drive 
in a gaming console the death of like gaming for 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 this sort of topic because because pre hard drive in the in the console you know gaming systems you had to have a game that couldn't get updates right but now it had to work it had to work it had yeah. to work to death yeah to catch point had to work now you can like oh we'll update it you know i mean like and i don't mean like updates there's day one updates like that's nuts yeah day one updates silly to me sometimes as big as the gig download for the game itself that that's what trips me out it's like like, getting the whole game whole new version yeah you really are you really are getting a whole new version of the game that should have been you know done when you got it so it's like uh, i don't get it yeah and i mean i get the idea like the reason kev's point of that of like you get the whole game because because supply chain you know they had to like press that game two months ago right to get no no i get it no no you're definitely right it had to be pressed it had to be whatever yeah but it should have worked two months ago Exactly. Months ago, you know, exactly. And you're giving me a if my game is is 18 and a half gigs and the the update is 17.3 gigs, that tells me this game was not ready for prime time. Way, I mean, it it wasn't even close to prime time. Yep, no, no, you're 100% right, and I think that's what people are doing. They're like, we'll fix it. We'll fix it, you know, we'll because deadlines. Yeah, because deadlines are more important than yeah. than customer satisfaction. So it's like, okay. And okay. I, I will point out that Will asked this question, and Will is a computer gamer, so this is not an issue he probably has an issue with because mm. computer had this yeah. problem for a friggin' decade. Yeah, he's like, sorry guys. Like you get to a like you get a game and you get to like you get it on like the day one you play it for like an hour or two hours and you get to a place and it doesn't you can't get past that spot and you're like oh whatever and then they release a patch <laughs> so and you're like okay well let's get back on it <laughs> okay I remember the old days with computer gaming now you know you got your like ten floppy disk and your like color coded wheel that you had to get beyond the copy protection and all that crap yeah. so, uh yeah i think I, I love the fact that nowadays some collectors out there are looking for the final pressing like the greatest hits pressing of a game because it has all the patches on the disc and so they're looking for that for their collection versus the day one <laughs> edition of a game you know like i know recently like pokemon sword and shield they had a pressing of the cart with the dlc on it and everyone was and their uncle's mother was looking to try to get that version because it was all on the cart and not, you know, having to download any of the extra stuff. Um, and so, you know, I, I would love gaming nowadays the feature like, Oh, we have this like, you know, like game of the year edition or whatever, as far as of a game and have all the patches and saying that once a game is finally quote unquote complete, that they're going to press a, a, a second disc a second pressing with everything onto the disc and that way it's there for archival purposes at least so mm-hmm. 
Well, well, there you go. So, does anyone else have anything that they would like to add about about one thing that they would change about gamers and oh, or gaming nowadays? We haven't uh, heard from Kev or me yet on the subject. Kev, you want to go real quick? Yeah, I would change the level of influence social media has on gaming. Mm-hmm. It's like I've been over it. The fact that a developer's bonuses is based off Metacritic which has been proven since day one to be um, influenced by review bombing. The fact that uh, we've seen social media folks who wear the badge of gamers shill for an unfinished product, (coughs) Cyberpunk 2077. the the gaming chair mafia knowing that the console version was busted was shilling for that because they had their their 3080s or 3090s or 2090s uh, 2077 GPUs and their cyberpunk laden uh, gaming chairs sent to them and they pushed that that cyberpunk game on everybody making it think making folks think it was the greatest thing since sliced bread and if you had a pc rig strong enough to run it it was but if you were on a console meaning a ps4 and an xbox one the game was trash and they knew that and they hid that information, whether they were told to do it or they did it on their own accord because they wanted to maintain their access. Doesn't matter. It's the fact that it happened. Um, I'm sick of the um, whether you think Trump was the son of Satan or you think Biden was uh, was is next to Jesus. I'm sick of people bringing letting their their political leaning leanings infiltrate how they feel about a game tired of it i'm over it uh if we could delete the social media aspect the influence aspect of gaming and bring it back to what it used to be like say in the early days of say i don't know electronic gaming monthly uh, for those who are old enough to remember publications like that or even game uh uh, who was it? Uh, when I was about to say game fan, but I, what's that other one that had the um, uh, had the the not EGM Game Pro? Mm-hmm. No, not Game Pro. It was Game Pro was the magazine. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. There was another magazine. I was I was trying next to next generation. Maybe oh, it, it'll maybe it'll it'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to me because they used to have these little animated faces where if the game was really good, they're like mind blowing. This oh, that's I, Game Pro. Game that's Pro, yeah. Game Pro, yeah. E- e- even stuff like that, they kept and and granted, yeah, they depended on advertising and advertisers to pay for spots in the magazine, but they kept the review on the game. And the game was the focus, didn't care what the political leanings of the developer was. None of that stuff mattered. They just focused on the game. I think social, the the social media, the social influence of gaming is, has just become freaking toxic. And I, I, I'm, I'm just over it. I, if, if, when folks, when folks come in and they've got their gaming chairs and they got their GPUs, then they and and 
even when they're talking about something not related. And they'll say, oh, yeah, well, I don't really I don't really review games on System X because the manufacturers of System X didn't send me a, a console while the manufacturers of System Y sent me a console. So you're going to I'm going to automatically start shilling for that because I, I didn't have to pay for it. I mean, we we learned we have learned from folks that have built up communities uh, in the hundreds of thousands, if not the millions or more, that some of these folks are just straight up shills, and you can't take their you can't take their judgment on a game seriously because at the end of the day, they're either paid financially or they're paid by access. And I, for one, am just kind of done with it when it when it comes to gaming. Uh, uh, the 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 best way to to tune me out of your opinion of a game is is for you to say sponsored by you know then it's like okay everything you're telling me is just based on on what your bottom line looks like so i'm i'm over the social media aspect of gaming so if i could change that i i would love to bring it back to what it used to be i th i think the technology of sharing um the ability to share a new game or get a game that doesn't have a huge budget in front of the eyes of people. The technology that we have with social media is great. It's the influence aspect that that really chaffs my hide that that I can't stand, you know, and that would be the thing I would change. OK. All right, Joe, what's your change? How would you change? Um, my thing, what I miss and what I would love to come back for gaming from the 80s and 90s is that sense of wonderment walking into a video game retail establishment. I hate to say it, but nowadays we just have GameStop and that's it. GameStop's pretty damn sad. So, mm. <laughs> you know, I'm just equating because back in the 80s, I, you know, as a kid, Toys R Us with that big wall of um, tickets and the whole glass <laughs> case with all the systems inside and everything um, and then looking at that security booth and peering in that security booth and seeing games stacked up to the, the high, high as the heavens for God's sake or you know going into over Best or uh, Consumer Electronics and, and looking at the uh, uh, catalog and you know the sense of wonderment as you purchased a new game that, as your you know dad or mom went ahead and you know even in the 90s I mean me and, and Kev I mean we would make trips sometimes to go uh, I remember going to Game Dude in uh -huh. Southern California I'd go out of my way to go to video game re retail establishments you know and um, I think the sense of wonderment now where everything pretty much is online and whatnot, you know, I would, you know, want to see. I know, and there's good cities that have like great retro places, and but everything's not the same. You walk into these places, and basically, it's like everything's basically priced as if it was on eBay. <laughs> it's like okay, mm -hmm. you're right, Joe. Honestly, like as much as I agree with Kev's comments, like to your point, you you're living in a that's a world that's never coming back i know i know it's not and, so and i'll bring it up because 
I like literally today, I'm not, I'm not kidding, today was listening to a podcast about the Blair Witch Project. And I, I realized like this is way off topic, but that's okay. Blair Witch Project came out in like 99. And it was a movie that, you know, some people couldn't understand, like, couldn't figure out whether it was real or fake or whatever. And it was like on the border of the internet. They used the internet to market this movie. They created like fake things on the internet. They did all kinds of stuff to show that it was kind of true. They even ad ad like adjusted the IMDb like history of the actors who were in the Blair Witch Project. Like that was maybe the last thing that people could have that experience of like, wow, I've never heard of this. <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> but I mean, video games now, it's like, I remember when I was a kid, I go into Toys R Us and I'm like literally looking at covers in a glass case. <laughs> and I'd be like, I, I know my dad will pay for one game. Which game do I choose? <laughs> and I might choose, you know, I mean, I'm mostly thinking NES era, but I might choose the equivalent of E.T. from Atari. <laughs> mm. Yep. Whatever, you had, you whatever had to that know. equivalent is. Mm -hmm. And you like, had to know that's there. That's an option. ET from Atari is an option. And because we all know NES games were, there was a good chance you could pay 50 bucks for a really piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Sorry. you know, it was the point that back in the day, I mean, I, my dad and I'm gonna, you know, God bless his soul. You know, we would go and he he oh, would, I would uh, buy a game from Toys R Us and we would open it from the bottom and then we would take it out <laughs> and uh, I would play it and if I didn't like it and didn't want to keep it, we would resell it and we would go back with our receipt and return it. In prior to that, in in the 2600 or the early 80s, there was no seal on no games. So you could take it back to pay less drugs or Woolworth or wherever we bought the game from, and uh, we got our money back. In fact, that's why, you know, when I was checking out different systems as a kid, we would just, my dad would keep the damn box for the Atari 2600, and we'd box it up, take it back to Sears, get the credit, and go and buy something else. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's I how I got the... <laughs> I just want to comment beyond record because this is being recorded that Joe's dad is one of my favorite people in my life. Like his dad would show up with him. If he's bring, he'd show up with sandwiches for Joe, like a sandwich and he'd bring extra sandwiches for the roommates at the house, you know? I mean, like, this is a guy, he, he was always considerate. I also, like, really wish I would have had him on the gaming purchase, like, 
situation. <laughs> I bought so many shitty games and did not be able to swap them out for other good games. I ended up with piles of turds <laughs> that did not hold up their their value. So so yeah. I I he has a, he has the double benefit of having a a dad who I very much respected to this day of being a considerate and awesome guy, but then also like supporting the gaming habit in the right way. We just weren't aware that people would make crappy games to just cash in on a payday. It happened. Yep. Yep. You know, I it took it well did. advantage of places like software, et cetera, or I could return a game within 30 days at, in Home Express. It's a local chain uh, that used to take back games uh, within 30 days. And they, needless to say, they probably stopped those policies. I remember working at software, et cetera, in the back with the shrink wrap machine, shrinking back all those games that were returned <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and sealing them up. So, well, remember when. Like I worked there at Software Center also, and I like it was when Toys R Us had the Jeffrey Bucks or whatever they were. Yep. And we all shrink wrapped all of our games and would just take them to Toys R Us and get the Jeffrey Bucks. <laughs> like horrible. Literally, like horrible. Shrink wrap everything. Horrible. Yeah, there was people that were re-shrink wrapping and bringing back cartridge um, boxes of games where there was nothing in the box. It was just whatever. <laughs> that too. So that's why Toys R Us sometimes would open the game when you brought it back if they suspected something suspicious. <laughs> I've as, seen that as stuff. As much happen. as a a like pirate and whatever I am, I always shrink wrap the actual CD in the game. So I will point out. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I Smart always man. made sure the game was in the the thing when someone asked me to shrink wrap it. So just cool. want to make sure. All right. So, yeah. So that's what we would like to change uh, if we could. So thank you for your question, Will D. And uh, we had another question. And this was from Will D as well, right? No, that's actually, this was based on a um, tweet yeah, I saw on Twitter and I posted it into the Discord. Oh, so cool. So this Mike this J. Question, Micah, I think, was yeah. the original poster. Yeah. Yeah. Mike J. Micah on on Twitter. So if you if you follow him on Twitter or if you follow uh, or if you go and find this question, you can answer it as well. So this one's for you, uh, Mike. So it says, "What is your uh, console lineage?" And I was like, okay, console lineage. And so uh, it's basically like what consoles have you had, you know, in your in your lifetime, you know, starting from your oldest ones to your newest ones. So uh, I think Joe has the most comprehensive list. So I'll let Joe start. <laughs> so Joe, what is your console lineage? Oh, God. Yeah. I was looking at this list and it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I went uh, as a young lad. I had a, a Sears Tele Arcade, which is a uh, Sears knockoff of a 2600 because of Space Invaders, and then moved on to from there ColecoVision. Um, and then we kept the box, and my dad took it back, and I got an Atari 2500, uh, 
which I regret to this day because that system was not all that great. But at the time, I was an Atari stan. I really loved, loved me some Atari, but uh, went from Atari 5200. Uh, then I uh, spent all of my, uh, between 8th and ninth grade, working as a janitorial assistant to earn enough money to buy an Atari 800 XL, <laughs> including Ooh. a disk drive and a dot matrix printer. And that was my... Uh, First foray into computing. I wish I bought a Commodore 64 in hindsight. So <laughs> then from there, I pretty much laid off of games for a little bit. Uh, but once uh, NES came around and that Super Mario Brothers game I played in the arcade, because it was in the arcade, if you don't remember, <laughs> was coming to home consoles. It's like, okay, uh, I, I am interested in that. And so I got a uh, NES with the. Um, light gun and duck hunt on there and then from there uh bought a sega master system because i was interested in sega in fact that one at that point i took my nes back we took our nes back and i got a sega master system i forego nes at that point which was crazy nuts so Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then after you're like that person that that uh that uh backed the uh what is it that that instead of the i I, itunes you back the uh the other thing (laughs) The Zune. I had the yeah, Microsoft. the Zune and the Betamax. <laughs> this is going to change the world, Dad. Well, <laughs> after that, it, this is when I was in, in my late teens, and I was a Sega Master System stan. I loved I loved the Sega but Master System. Fantasy but, Star and Miracle Warriors. I mean, that's 300 hours. Yeah. The first Fantasy Star was, like, awesome. Rambo 3. Uh, what else? Uh, I, I could go on and on. Space Harrier, the, the Sega Scopes 3D Glasses, Outrun. So at that point, um, I won the NES still. I went ahead and I saved enough and I bought a damn NES and I had both the NES and the Master System. So multi-console <laughs> ownerships in, started at that point. It was like 1988 when, you know, obviously I was uh, graduating high school because I'm old, you know. So after that, of course, Sega Genesis, TurboGrafx-16. I remember buying those on launch. Toys R Us, like basically, there, you know, back in the day, there was no launch day. It was me calling Toys R Us every day and finding out if they got the damn systems in yet or not. So, and by then, I, I was in the uh, working for the employer I'm currently working for now, so I had money to burn. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then SNES, I bought a Commodore Amiga, which is even though it's a computer, I still play, just bought it to play games, so I'm throwing it in there. Sega CD, uh, Turbo Duo, which was the um, CD attachment for the TurboGrafx-16, but I didn't get uh, the attachment until I was able to purchase a Turbo Duo outright. Um, I also had a PC Engine Duo RX, which includes the arcade card for the Turbo Duo, and I actually still own that. That's in my game room as we speak. Uh, Atari Jaguar, I traded a bunch of my systems, including my SNES and my a um, bunch of other games in because I had a game doctor at the time. We talked about this on the podcast too. And um, I bought an Atari Jaguar for like $600. It was ridiculous. The price that, no, it was like 400 bucks, but still it was pretty ridiculous. The $600 console was the 3DO, the Panasonic 3DO on there. So at that time it was kind of weird. I bought until the game fan hype and was buying all these new consoles. Um, I also have owned, in, at one point, uh, Neo Geo AES, which is the big cartridge-based system, and a Neo Geo CDZ, but 
I did not buy a Neo Geo AES. I bought it off a friend. I didn't like buy it at launch. You know, at launch it was like six hundred bucks. It was ridiculous with the two hundred dollar games. That's like no. I also owned a JVC XI, which was a um, Sega Genesis, uh, Sega CD like um, system all in one. Which if I still owned to this day, it would be a very rich man. <laughs> Uh, Sega Saturn, PlayStation, and the N64 during that era. Of course, I own all three of those. Uh, Sega Saturn rules. Uh, PlayStation was good. N64. All I did, all I collected for the N64 was Zelda, Mario, and Dust. That's it. So, <laughs> thing is a piece of shit. Sorry. I think he, at that point, you, we were all living at that house. Yep, we were. And uh, I think you like let your N64 go downstairs to play on the big screen, and like other people mainly played it. Yeah, I I was piff piff on the N64. So. Yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, seventy eighty dollar cartridges for crappy games. Nope. I mean, uh, it's not on my list. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else here? Oh, I uh, did own a Sharp X68000, which uh, our friend, mutual friend Randy now has. I don't know if he still has it, but... <laughs> I'm was sure it. he has it. It was kind of gifted from me. So this, this computer was crazy because it was a Japanese-only computer that my friend Andrew had with a bunch of, like, some legit floppies, but mainly, like, a lot of pirated games, but... Uh, uh, they had like um, like really arcade perfect versions of like Final Fight and Street Fighter and other games, Ghouls and Ghosts that I you know wish I still owned that computer. But it, yeah, the OS operating system was in Japanese, and <laughs> I wasn't gonna try to figure it out. So so I uh, I think it's in good hands with Randy for sure. So yeah, wow. Um, Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, GameCube, uh, Xbox, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Wii, Wii U, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Pro, Xbox One, Xbox One X, Nintendo Switch, Nintendo Switch OLED. And, of course, PS5 and Xbox Series X. That's my console lineage. God, jeez. <laughs> okay. Um, and you, you, did you want to read what you wrote about at the bottom? Oh, I put down the Discord. Yeah, um, I wish I had some of these, but they were sold on eBay or locally to others to fund my madness. <laughs> now, some of the systems I admired but I never owned included the uh, in Mattel and Television, you know, Kev's favorite. Uh, the Bally Astro Kid, which I don't know if any of you could, Do you remember the system at all, Kev? Probably oh, yeah. not. No, I yeah. do. No, I, I have do. no idea what this is. I know. That. I yeah. remember the Bally Astro Kid. Sure um do. yeah i always looked at it and i always wanted one i always every time i went to montgomery wards when they had it on display um i went ahead and i played that thing until they my mom tore me off the damn thing so, so uh that was great um a coleco adam too which if you don't recognize what that is that's basically around 1983 that's when everyone was getting into the computer business so terry with the 400 and 800 you know they're trying to compete with commodore uh coleco brought their computer out which was the atom that used the tape-based system and they had game you know obviously you're not buying this used damn computer it's another gaming system for god's sake so it's like <laughs> it had a very good port of Superbuck rogers that's why i wanted it oh uh, i wanted that yeah. <laughs> every time i was at wards again montgomery wards 
God, mm-hmm. God bless that retailer. Yeah, it's just like, okay, my mom won, my, my, my parents had awards cards. Like, oh, we're going to awards. Okay, I'm down. I'll talk about that, about Montgomery Awards on my list for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Super Buck Rogers was played because Buck Rogers was a game I admired in the arcade quite a bit back in the day. Um, also, going to Toys R Us, looking at that glass case and looking at that mystery system known as the Milton Bradley Vectrex on there, the vector graphic. Uh, system that came with its own vector graphics monitor <laughs> only place where you could play star castle which was one of my favorite like arcade games from back in 1980 that came out all vector graphics of course uh, had a arcade port of scramble 2 on there so it's like oh my god but I wasn't a fan it. i played it four years ago for the first time at you did House. oh wow he has a vectrex oh geez he has a vectrex nice um, wasn't a fan of, as far as systems back in the day of uh, Odyssey 2. I thought that you know, even back in the day, you thought that system was just like a bunch of booty booty bullshit. <laughs> you know, so I don't know if any of you guys played the Magnavox Odyssey 2, but I just, I did. Yeah, I played I, it at best, and I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, like what was that like Pac-Man clone that they had on there? It's like it was just bad. And then the Texas Instruments, you know, Bill Cosby kind of, sh- you know, shilled this uh, computer <laughs> back in the day. So he's he's gotten the computer I remember business. Remember those commercials. <laughs> so, you know, I looked at the, you know, Jello pudding in Texas Instruments. It's like, you know, wow. And drug and white women. Yeah. Smile. That too. And also put on the Discord, like I reiterated earlier, I wish I bought a Commodore 64 versus an Atari 800. Because uh, Commodore 64 was where I was at. But by then, I was like paying t- more attention to women, or girls, I should say, and the bad 80s hair metal bands where I was like maybe not gaming as much. I was going to the arcades, but I wasn't playing games at home as much because I, I wanted to be cool or something like that. I was cool listening to Rat and Twisted Sister. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> You were cool. Thank you. I guess. I don't know. So uh, I didn't know you back then, but I've seen yeah, pictures and you were not cool. So anyway, yeah. uh, so John, uh, what is your, um, your console uh, lineage? Sure. I was uh, Pong. Uh, my dad got us a Pong system. He was, I don't know, progressive, I guess. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, I remember it had like film, like these film cartridges that you would adjust to change and like change the different layouts and stuff. Anyway, then I got an Atari 7600. Um, that was that was a huge deal. Like very early on, like in the Atari era, he got me one, and I had like started collecting games, tons of games, whatever. Um, My uncle showed up one day. He worked for Sears. And for those that don't know, there was like in in the world of like console wars and whatever back in the day, there were these things that the different companies like retailers were trying to do things and Sears had their own version of things. And so anyway, he hadn't, Sears had the Intel vision. And so he got some deal and just 
shut up in my house with an Intellivision and a bunch of games and that weird ass controller. And yep. yeah, I was like, I don't know what this is, but cool. And I'm super happy that I had that experience in my life. Um, so I, I had just, this is one of the flukes of my life that I wasn't aware of in television. And I'm super happy that life, like, put it in my path. So I, I had that experience. Then I got NES. Um, then Sega Master System. Honestly, I think I have more memories from Sega Master System than NES. I know Zelda was important and all, but as I mentioned on Joe's list, I think Miracle Warriors was one of my all-time favorite games. And Fantasy Star 1 was like unbelievable. I think I I think it cost like a hundred dollars or something. It was a ninety dollars. I got it for Christmas. Um it was 19, 1987, I think was when I got it. Uh so I remember um playing it. I got the graph paper out and I basically made maps and I beat it, but it took me like six months to beat it. So and uh yeah. I wound up calling like Sega's uh, 1-800 number. Yeah, Miracle Warriors too. I drew maps for that game as well. I never beat Miracle Warriors though. So I beat I beat both. Miracle Warriors was one of my all-time favorites. I think Miracle Warriors was also like eighty or ninety dollars. Yeah. And I want to point out, like, for all those people that talk about inflation right now, eighty to ninety dollars for a video game that was in the like 80s at this point is like almost $200 right now. I get that inflation is a problem and yes, it's a big deal with eggs and all this stuff. But wow, like these games were crazy expensive back then. So mm -hmm. like insanely expensive. So yeah. I and I those two games were unbelievable. I loved both of them like so much. And so okay, so Sega Master System. Some point I got a Game Boy. Uh then and this is my Montgomery Wards. So I went to Montgomery Wards and convinced my mom to get me a Genesis. And I went into Montgomery Wards and they were sold out. And as the kid, the normal kid who shows up at a video game like thing where their parent was willing to buy them a video game system. And you're like, oh, it's not here. Well, and the guy's like, well, we have this TurboGrafx thing. And you're like, well, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> I love the laughing. It's so good. <laughs> Gotta love the one you with. If you can't be with the one so, you love, love the one you with, right? That's right. <laughs> I'll take what I get. It's like it's like two a.m., two thirty a.m. at the bar. You know. Sad. I say that, but like, 
Like this is to the that in television point. Like having the uncle who random gave gave me the Intellivision. Like randomly ending up with the turbo graphics is one of those life-changing moments. It gave me a system that had games that were unlike other games. So so I ended up with the TurboGrafx-16. I loved it. It was amazing. It had these weird card things that were the cartridges. It was, it was fantastic. It yeah. led me to BRE Software in Fresno, where it was the first place that sold used TurboGrafx games. And I got Ninja Warriors there, or whatever, Ninja Spirit. I think it was Ninja Spirit. That's Ninja Spirit, yeah. Yeah. And and like like I was able to buy used turbo graphics games. And and I mean it opened that door to games that were phenomenally good. Dungeon, I think Dungeon Explorer is a great example of a amazing game that that like, like, just fluked into. So anyway, then I get Genesis, uh, great games across the board. You know, uh, I did have a Atari Lynx. Uh, I know Kev, you probably like that more. I didn't really have a lot of games. I ended up trading it for something. I don't remember, so I got rid of it. Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I mean, it was good, I guess. The only memory I have of that is like the Super Nintendo version of Mario. I don't really, and Link to Zelda Link to the Past, which is so good. Uh, 3DO. Um, I don't know. I. Like there was a big delay in when I got the 3DO, but it was before the PlayStation and it was like awesome. And it had the best version of Star Control. I think I got it because of that game. Star Control 2, yeah. Yeah. And I remember. Literally, that was the game I got that system for. Uh, PlayStation, I worked at Software Accenture at that point. You know, I ended up spending all that time modding systems. Uh, Saturn loved the Saturn. This one of the greatest systems ever made was the Sega Saturn. Uh, later, I got the TurboGrafx Duo, which this is was I think the first time I was roommates with Joe. I got the Duo, and it was. Uh, like cool system. I picked it up, used from someone really good. I wanted to play Ease book one and two. Um, then PS2, PSP, love the PSP. I got an Xbox mainly to play like, cause you can mod it and like play like retro games and all kinds of stuff. Then someone offered me a bunch of money for my modded version, so I sold it to them. Uh, Dreamcast, great, great system. Man, K 
Can we get Sega to come back and make good systems? Uh, I wish we could. Mm-hmm. Be all Persona and Yakuza games, but who knows? <laughs> Jesus. And Dreamcast is so good. <laughs> then, and uh, I, this is the edited version, so uh, I guess at some point I had a Wii. I, I only know I had a Wii because, like, my wife, like, had a Wii, and I guess we played a Wii. <laughs> like, at that point, we were dating, so whatever. Uh, I got a PS3 after, so I had a huge gap on gaming. Um, I basically didn't game from late PS2 to most of PS3 because I was overseas. I lived in Ukraine, which, you know, big war issues now and stuff. Um, I showed up back in the US. I ended up like deciding to get a used PS3 late in the, like, very late in the generation. And I got a PS3, played like, spent a long time catching up on old PS3 games to the point that, like, I had a PS4 super late in the PS4 generation. And then I got a Switch and then a PS5. I got a PS5 really early. So um, I don't see myself getting in Microsoft system. Just there's no real reason. So yeah, PS5. All the way. Yeah, at some point I might consider going back to PC. Um, One thing that's not on this list, I know it was kind of hinted at on some of the others, but PC gaming, I was PC gaming pretty much from 1993 to like 2013. So in that period, I was 100% PC gaming. So when I was like roommates with Joe, like my primary gaming was PC. Um, And Joe was primary gaming console. And I was constantly like, I know you have a PC, but you need to like get a graphics card and start playing like, like, like these games. <laughs> so. And he refused, probably. Well, I mean, at some point he did. <laughs> well, cool. Well, all right. So, so mine is uh, relatively straightforward. You have to understand that my mother. Uh, I never, I never, I got what I needed, <laughs> but everything else was kind of like, eh, so it was negotiable. So uh, when I got to a certain age, like she didn't think that, you know, systems or video games was, was all that. So I never got one. Like I never really bought one. I always got it secondhand. So, or from someone who was giving it up or or something. So that's how I got most of my stuff. So I remember having an Atari 2600. Um, and then that Atari 2600 was put into 
because they were uh there's nursery schools and so basically what happened was they would have like you know the kids at the nursery schools and they'd have video games for the kids and so once the kids didn't want to play it anymore i would get it or something like that would happen you know so that's how i would kind of inherit these systems from other people so so the Atari 2600 i had that and i, I remember playing you know adventure and um uh all these other games uh from that I, I had a Sega Genesis. I remember that was one of the games that 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 I act, my mom actually bought me was a Sega Genesis. I remember asking specifically for it and and getting it for Christmas or something. And I played the crap out of it. Me and my friends played the crap out of that. Um, Golden Axe and all these all the other games, which was so much fun. Uh, we would just stay up all night on the weekends after school. I remember being in a. Uh, junior high and getting uh it was uh pizza hut deep dish pizza we get two pepperoni deep dish pizzas and we play golden axe all night long it was awesome or watch or watch horror movies it was so much fun so we put the crap out of that and then um i got it i got an nes um which was fun and then i got a super nes and the super nes is the one that i remember and had the most fun with uh, i played a lot of super nes um I remember playing uh, Super Metroid was the game that I just absolutely adored. I played the crap out of that game. That game was fun. I actually beat it. And um, to this day, I have my fondest memories of of, of that. Uh, then as I got older, um, this is so I had met Joe. And then Joe was the one that really kind of stoked the flames for my liking video games. And so I would go to his house and he, he would show me his game doctor. And then we'd play all kinds of video games at his house, you know, just opened up my eyes to like the, the wonders of um, the wonders of video games. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's so cool. You know, Joe has all these games. Ah, and so, and so I would, so we, we tons of, we, we played tons of super NES games. And then, and then I think he talked me into getting a, a PlayStation one, or I got a PlayStation one. I remember how I got it and I got it. And then uh, he modded it. Or he got someone modded. I think John. I think John might have modded it. Actually, not that bad. Hundred percent. Yeah, it. yeah. I think he like, probably there's modded no, it. There's yeah. no question. If Joe was involved, yeah, I modded it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I just remember getting my modded PS One and him burning a whole bunch of PS One games and just playing a whole bunch of PS One games. You know, Fighters Instincts and all these other you know games that i had no idea what they were or how we got them or anything and i just i remember having when they were on cds and i had a big old cd case filled with just burnt games and i would just pop them in and play or you know at this point joe and i were living together so joe and i you know lived lived together when i moved out uh i lived with uh, we lived together and you know was i'd go I, up to him joe, no no this was this was, was after dad, this is a replacement you were one of Desmond's replacements, yes, that's correct. Once, uh, okay, I thought I was Desmond's replacement. Yeah, yeah, that's probably you what You had happened. that downstairs room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was me. Yeah, that no, was me. well, uh, actually, John, I think, did you live at the Echo House, or did no, you just live at the Terrace House? I lived at the Echo House, and I was right down the stairs. Oh, you yeah, did okay. live at the Echo House. I totally forgot, yeah, so. Yeah, that was right up till, I mean, do we, like, Want to take a second to talk about this modding thing? I mean, I don't know. All I know, all I know is is you modded a lot of really good stuff, and you made a lot of people happy. So I that's mean, you know that I, that's all I know about that. I uh, 
I mean, I, I can give a quick quick synopsis of what all happened. Um, so I, I modded a ton of systems and I also had an early, like, like I had a CD burner, like very early in the world of CD burners, which is like, it took like fucking 40 minutes to burn a CD or some shit, which was nuts. So you basically had to spend like 40 minutes burning every CD you did. And at some point I like discovered like, oh, they had a two times CD burner. So I like paid money to upgrade to a two times CD burner. And I mentioned this because like, I was making money off this, which was I was burning games. And so, so like I was burning tons of games. Like most of the stuff was quite honestly, most of the stuff we were burning was like these weird HK imports that we were getting. Um, like Jay's men or Joe has mentioned uh, like HKs in the past, which was these Hong Kong imports we would get of various games. And they would be like, you know, the dumbest games. Like we would get like all kinds of stupid stuff. Balloon hero, whatever, some balloon guy flying around or something. And you would get tons of these games. And so I would burn them. And I'd sell them for 10 bucks. And so the CDs, I think, cost me, I'd buy them in bulk, I'd buy a ton of cases. I think it cost me like two to three dollars for, you know, the cost of stuff. And then I'd sell whatever for 10 bucks, everybody. Anyway, I ended up, uh, the backstory here is, um and where this is maybe going to connect to kev's world um i ended up getting arrested for all this uh it's pretty yeah so i didn't actually get arrested for this stuff someone at software etc stole a shit ton of random games from the back of the store now I have no, and this is because they like, they basically like put these empty, um, empty cases, uh, game boxes on the shelf. And in the back, they kept the CDs. And so someone snuck in the back, stole a bunch of them, took off. So that led someone to investigate our store which led them to discover that I was selling like bootleg games. And I don't know exactly how they led to that, whatever. So they, uh, you know, confronted me at some point, you know, I was young idiot. I confessed, probably shouldn't have, whatever. And, um, I ended up spending a couple nights in jail, you know, 
unique experience. It led, uh, honestly, it's a very good, in my, in my personal view, it's, it's a very good experience that I had. I remember um, now because you had to move out because of this. I, yes, I yeah, you were living out. with me, but you had to move back home because of what happened. So. Yeah, I had to move out of your apartment or your house. Yeah, it was an um, apartment house at the time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, I say it was a good experience mainly because it was one of those humbling things that you have in life where you have a better perspective of the rest of the world. It led me to understand privilege and I, I will point out white privilege as a thing. I mean, it just definitely did. But nothing led me to understand white privilege until later, which was I later went through, I hired a lawyer. I had a ton of money in my bank account because, you know, I was selling all these video games. I hired, hired a lawyer who was, you know, good. Um, I asked my grandmother to ask around people who might need, know a good criminal lawyer and they pointed out someone who was very good. I hired him. I showed up in court. There was like, I literally was in court and I'm sitting on this, you know, whatever bench and there's a bunch of people there and this guy comes in and he's like, hey, I'm the public defender and I'm going to call out your name and each of you will have two minutes to explain your case to me and I'm going to likely recommend you just plead guilty. Damn. That's literally what he told, told them. And then my lawyer comes in and he's like, hey, I got something else to do. I'm going to go back, like backstage. I'm going to just sign on. You say not guilty and we're good. And that was it. I never said not guilty. Then later, he's like, hey, I talked to these people and they were like, you know, if you just say you won't do this again, you pay 500 bucks, we're good. You, you won't have any problems. And I was like, cool. Okay. That's it. That's my legal experience. And quite <laughs> honestly, that's completely and utterly fucked up. Sorry to say the bad word. It's all right. Yeah, this yeah is, I don't know. We have, we have said right plenty of words tonight. already tonight, so. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't know if you see that regularly in the court, but it's, it's messed up. It's yeah. not as blatant as that anymore, but it's still there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and this was like 90... 97 but yeah I mean I ended up 
as a white kid, you know, getting off. Basically nothing, suspended sentence. I think I had to go back in a year and they were like, okay, you didn't do any crimes in a year. And that was it. You're wow. clear. Those and, those are offered to a lot of people, though, even through the public defender. It all depends on what the offense is. Yeah, it's the first offense, too, for you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sure. But, I mean, in reality, I'm like a person using my intelligence and my, you know, technological understanding of things to, to break significant copyright which I think actually, like, I think about now, like, you know, copyright laws are pretty important for the people that we talk about. Yeah. We want these people to be able to be paid for the work they're doing to create good games. Yeah, no, I mean, at least for me back in the day, I was buying, definitely, you could tell from, <laughs> if yeah. you knew me, I was importing games from NCSX, like, like mad so it's like but uh, you know i always want more i always want yeah. more yeah so joe, yeah. joe was not my customer he was my supplier yeah <laughs> yeah so what other systems do you have des i know you're yeah going thanks that. for sharing so, all that john that's yeah. that's quite a it's quite a story but but yeah but yeah. that was the system that i that i played the most was my was my ps1 I, I, that was the game that made me, that was a system that made me really kind of like, oh, this is so much fun. But then I got an, I got an Xbox and then the, um, the Xbox was the one that really kind of made me, uh, sorry, I got a, I got a, yeah, I got a GameCube and a PS2, but it was the Xbox that really made me want to, to, to play games. That first Xbox was for me, like, I, I absolutely adored the first Xbox. I thought it was just a fantastic system. I played so many games on that. And 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 yes, that one was modded as well. So so uh I could thank Joe for that and probably John. But it was um No, it was Jerome. Oh Jerome. Yeah. So so yeah, so and I had a lot of games on that. So I was able to play a lot of different games. And that was those were the systems that those two systems, the the PS the PS one and the, and the game, the game, sorry, the Xbox were the ones that really kind of stoked the flames for my love of video games. And then after that, I was already like able to make my own money and stuff like that. And so then I got like a, an Xbox 360 and a PS three. And then I got a, Wii. um, I bought a, I bought a, Wii for, um, I kind of surprised Paul, uh, and we got a Wii, and then I should have waited because, like, a year or so later, the Wii 2 came out, and I was just like, you know, or the Wii U came out, and I was just kind of asked out, and I was just like, I was really mad about that. I was like, you sons of bitches. So, so then I did not buy, I did not buy uh, another Nintendo system after that. Like, I had bought, like, I had bought, like, um, DXs and stuff like that, the handheld systems. I love the handheld systems. But as far as an actual game system, I, the last one that I bought was the GameCube, and then, and then I got a Switch uh, because I figured, okay, this is the next gen. I'll get a Switch, and then we'll go from there. And then, um, and yeah, and then I had the the Switch, and you know, played a lot of it in, in handheld mode. 
then after that, uh, I got a PS5. And then once I got the PS5, that's really... I, d- I don't want to say that I stopped there, but that's where, like, where I, I kind of, like, was like, okay, I've kind of reached my limit, and I think the PS5 is where I want to be. And so that's basically where... I don't want to say that's where I stopped, but that's where, like, the... the uh, because I got an, I got an Xbox uh, S, but because I did just did not want to spend the money and I really did not want to spend the money and I didn't want to uh, get games on the um, Xbox. Cause I got an Xbox one and I never really played it that much. And then, so I basically got an Xbox in order to play Bethesda and obsidian games, you know, if, and when they come out, that's basically why I got that box. And so it is just sitting there. I'm looking at it right now. It's just sitting there unplugged, unused, unloved. And, uh, but it knows why. So, um, so yeah, those are pretty much the, 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 the systems that I have had. And, and I'm very happy that I had Joe as a friend because Joe was the one that really kind of, um, showed me a lot more about games because it really really if it hadn't been for joe i probably wouldn't be this much into games as i am today so but that's just kind of you know how it is so so thank you buddy uh so kev uh last but not least my buddy uh what are what's your game legacy so i'm not going to go into my legacy because it would just be repeating a lot of the systems that were already mentioned But instead, I'm going to respond to Will D from our Discord. He was asking if I, he was surprised that I didn't have a 2600 and he thought I had a a Neo Geo. And uh, those are two interesting stories. So I'll just share the stories uh, with that. So never had a 2600. I spent a lot of time at a friend's house in elementary school who did, and that's really what got me into video games initially. What my dad did is he went to one of the local stores and he took a good look at it and he's like, I'm not really impressed by this thing. (laughs) There's got to be something, there's got to be something better (laughs) that comes along. So that, that, I, I never had a 2600. My my intent was w- once the um, the 2600 adapters dropped for the ColecoVision and uh, the also there was also one for the Intellivision that I don't think fully came to market. I don't think, but it was it was released uh, commercially that I would begin collecting them and getting them and collecting them. That that never happened. So. Unfortunately, I never I never got a hold of a 2600. With regards to the uh, the Neo Geo, um, and a special uh, shout out to my mom. Um, I had wanted to get one. Is this was regarding this was for the the CDZ. Um, I had wanted to get one, but never it it just it just wasn't in just wasn't in the wheelhouse. A whole lot of stuff was going on. And uh, one day while we were in the um, the commissary of uh, the Air Force Base here, uh, I was looking through one of the catalogs and she came up, she uh, came up uh, when she was done with whatever it was she was doing 
and she saw me, you know, drooling over uh, uh, one of the ads in the catalog. <laughs> and she said, oh, is this that, is this that, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that box you were talking about? And it was the Neo Geo CDZ. I said, yeah. And it's like, a, it, said, it seems like they have one. So she's like, okay. So she went and back in the day, uh, at least when, I'm sure there were other department stores that ran this way, but at the commissary, you picked up a phone with no uh, dials on it. It was just a blank phone that connected you to the ordering department of uh, the commissary. And so she gave them the SKU number and she was asked, she asked if they had it. Uh, well, they didn't have it, but according to their inventory, they had one in Guam, the Air Force Base in Guam. And she said, okay, I want to get it. Well, this was before the internet, long before the internet, uh, or they might have had a, a, a type of internet back then that was used for uh, military usages, but it, it wasn't precise. It wasn't real time. So by the time my mom's order for that went through, the, by the time it was picked up in Guam, uh, they had already sold it. <laughs> that was the last one. That was the last one that they had. Um, but the uh, the last little story I will I'll share was uh, my 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 Sega Saturn story. This the Saturn is probably my favorite console ever um for 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 I, I i i've loved all the consoles that i that i've owned for different reasons but the the saturn has a a special place uh in my heart because it was where i was able to get a lot of the games that i was playing in the arcade literally almost pixel for pixel in the home, particularly after they came out with that RAM card expansion uh, and started utilizing that that port. I was, I was not a day one um, uh, user of it. I didn't get a Saturn till well into the Dreamcast uh, life cycle, which I also had. And I got it at uh, uh, one of the local shops here. They used to do these annual or biannual sales where they would get rid of all their old consoles, get rid of all their old games, reduce them, reduce the price on everything, and um, you know, get make room for the new, uh, <laughs> basically. So I went to one of those sales and I bought a Saturn for next to nothing, a domestic Saturn. Um, and after that, I got it modded. The mod I had through NCS, and that broke, and I went on, went back to that same Oakley-owned store, got a new one, and uh, that's when they came out with the universal ports where you could play the Japanese uh, games. And I was just on this ordering spree with NCS, uh, getting all of these particularly SNK ports because I since I missed out on the Neo Geo um, the, the Saturn was just like the Neo Geo replacement I and I had all the games you know the Samurai showdowns that came out the final blades the 
uh, final real fights, the real bouts, all that stuff. The, 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 uh, the 2D fighting games. Yeah, yeah. The uh, um, elevator action 2. Uh, just, just it, it was a 2D game. It was a 2D monster. It was definitely built with 2D sprites in mind. Uh, like, and I had, I had built a, used a 2D cartridge. Whatever the cartridge game, the RAM cart. It was the RAM cart. Yeah, yeah, the ROM cart or the RAM cart, whatever that, whatever it was. The um, and what what wound up happening is I gave all that stuff away, and I that is my biggest gaming regret. Uh, I thought I was helping out a friend. It turned out I wasn't, and um. Yeah, so that collection is probably sitting somewhere. It probably has been sold and made somebody a hell of a crap ton of money. And uh, one of the ways I can depress myself is go into, onto eBay and see how much all of those games are worth now uh, in today's market because I had dang near all of them. And, and the thing that, and the, the cold thing about it is that even after I got the Universal Cart, I would still, when I would make my orders from NCS, I would still get the games with the cart because I just, I sometimes they had like sticker art on them that I thought was kind of dope. So I had Marvel superheroes, all the the Capcom versus games with the cart, all the SNK games with the cart, and it was just I, I just had this huge collection. On top of that, I had all of the domestic games that are worth tons of money, like um, uh, Panzer Dragoon Orta. I had uh, Burning Rangers. That I had both the domestic and the import of that. Um, I had Guardian Heroes, the domestic and the import of that. And all of that I no longer have, and it just makes me sad. But, um, and, the, and I, I'll, the, the last story I'll share, and it was the last time I tried to get a hold of a... Uh, uh, Neo Geo CDZ. I was in uh, LA uh, with friends. I can't remember exactly who I was with. I think Damon was was uh, my homie. Damon was there, and I can't remember. I don't think Joe was there. I I can't remember. But anyway, for for whatever reason, I don't even remember how that happened. I had two playstations it was when the first playstation came out i wound up with two some kind of way i don't remember how that happened just as i did and we were in one of these um import stores and just kind of looking around and the oh i saw that the owner had a cdz on the shelf the box was kind of eh, questionable but it was still a CDZ, and so I asked him how much he wanted for it. I can't remember what he said. And at the time, everybody wanted to get a hold of the PlayStation, and it was not necessarily easily accessible. Like the guy, in fact, he didn't even have one in his shop. He didn't have a Japanese one, or and he didn't have a domestic one. Or, or I, well, I guess you could probably technically say that's the reverse, but because it's a Japanese company. But anyway. I said, look, I've got a brand new PlayStation uh, in the trunk of my car. What do you say to a straight up trade? And he was like, okay, uh, he was down for it. Problem was, is that the dude refused to plug the system in so I could, so to prove to me that it worked. 
And he was like, no, no, I, you don't, you don't need to, you don't, he came up with some kind of excuse, which escapes me right now. And he did open the box. It was a Neo Geo CDZ. It did have two controllers. It did have all of the, the, um, uh, the cords and things needed to connect it. But what, for whatever reason, he was adamant that he was not going to take it out of the box to plug it in uh to to prove to me that it worked and that's what killed the deal so <laughs> i'm going to say that as that was probably cuz cuz i wasn't going to cuz he was ready to, to he had it down the shelf he was like yeah you, you know show me the 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 playstation i had brought it into the store but i was like you know let me just plug it in and make sure it works and that he's like no 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 i don't want to do that i don't want to do that for so for whatever reason so uh, but yeah, that is my uh, console lineage, which basically mirrors just about everything, uh, save a few of the systems that were mentioned in uh, the prior list. My comment oh. is for Kev's thing. Every time I've heard that story, I felt really bad about the whole commissary and old technology of getting a... Uh, like Neo Geo system. Yeah. This <laughs> thing, like just old technology. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, I remember that feels our age. Mm-hmm. You know? But like, you didn't feel bad about it back then. Like, you're like, oh, that's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it I was, it, you know, you know, just props to my mom who was just willing to go ahead and do that because I was going through some rough times and we well, we both were technically. But, um, you know, the fact that she was just willing to do that, you know, not for a special occasion, not for your birthday, for Christmas or, or anything like that, just just right off 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 the hill, just, you know, straight off the dome. Yeah, let's go ahead and get it. Um, that, I, in my mind, was very special because... Uh, like I've said before, as a kid, my parents fully funded and uh, uh, encouraged my 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 gaming habit because they were terrified of drugs. You know, I, when I grew up, you know, ever you know, uh, it's the crack epidemic, it's the drug epidemic. You know, my dad was golfing with friends who, whose, you know, kids had OD'd, and you know, so they were terrified, you know, keep drugs away from your kids. And I took full advantage of that. You know, it's like, that's how I got a ColecoVision. It was like, you know, well, you know, I'd I'd hate to start using drugs. (laughs) I literally said that Mm. to my, because my mom was like, well, you already got into television. You don't need a ColecoVision. And I just said, yeah, well, you know, I just, I'd hate to start using drugs. Wow. Behold, I mean, oh, like, at Christmas, I had a ColecoVision. I had the Turbo Wheel. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It was like my dad came in. He's like, I remember that it was like the one, one of the one of the many statements that sticks in my mind uh, to this day. Um, he had actually gone to uh, the gone golfing with a friend, and uh, that friend had broke down and crying because uh he found his son in the bathroom od now his son did survive but um he had od'd on some drug and my dad came home and he just like, grabbed me and he was like i will drown you in video games just don't do drugs 
And, you know, I, I took full advantage of that <laughs> as a child. So. Smart kid. <laughs> so that's my lineage there. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you to everyone uh, who came in. And and uh, thank you, Will D, for, for giving us a question. Really appreciate that. And thank you, uh, Joe, for uh, giving us the, the information, giving us the information for uh, console lineage uh from mike z uh micah um or mika on twitter so that was a lot of fun so as always like or like i said before uh the next the next um episode which is a 195 we will answer the main event question and that question again is what is your most anticipated games of 2023 and again let us know and we'll discuss it on our, our picks in a future episode. So you can you can send this to us on our Discord. You can send it to us. Uh, so you can post it on our Discord. You can send it to us on uh, Twitter. But we would love to hear what some of your um, some of your anticipated games are for 2023. And uh, as always, what follows me is the Jabroni Gaming News. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so we'll go ahead and go through some of the gaming news from this past week. Um, first on the docket is about Google Stadia. So it was probably the the last time we're talking about Google Stadia on this show because a poor one out. Uh, Google Stadia is being shut down as of next week. Uh, they did bring out one last game uh, for the system, which was a like Worm game called Worm Game that came out the Stadia, and uh, it's available for everyone to play on there. It's it's good until the system is brought down. The service is brought down on January 18th on there. Um, they also announced as well that the Google Stadia controller will get a Bluetooth um patch next week so you could actually use the google stadia controller not just plugged into your pc to play pc games but you can actually use it wirelessly on there so uh to my confession as soon as i saw this news i went on ebay and i bought a google stadia controller so so, so i could say i have a google stadia controller so <laughs> i'll use it with the pc and, and with my steam deck but um i, I wanted to Check out the uh, Google Stadia experience for myself. Ha ha he he. But uh, any last words from anyone regarding Google Stadia? I mean, we kind of said our piece, I think, the last time when uh, we found out that the service was being discontinued. But uh, goodbye. 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 You can't you. charge full price for stuff you don't own. And I'll did their business model was was trash. Yeah, I, and. It, it it was basically a scam in in my I mean the tech on this thing was fantastic it's probably the best uh, streaming tech uh, between say Microsoft and what Nvidia is doing from everything I read about it the tech was there but you can't charge me full price for games I don't own sorry what? that's just not gonna work can you say it's a scam if they refunded everybody for everything. Well, the whole thing was, and it's just, it's like, hey, man, I'm going to sell you, I'm going to sell you, I'm going to sell you air. And <laughs> I'm going to charge you five cents a breath. But, well, it's like, well, so is it going in a tank? Is it something I can store and use it on another, on another breathing apparatus? No, 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 no. 
you're using it with us, but it will. What happens if you guys go out of business? What happens? What am? I, how am I stuck with it? You know, am I am I going to be able to use it on uh, Company B's breathing apparatus? No, can't do that. But we're going to charge you full price for you for the air. That to me is 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 a scam. It, it it's like buying space bucks. It's buying. You know, it, it's so proprietary, the business model behind Stadia. I When I heard about it, I just laughed. I was like, how anybody can can think that this is a good business model that is going gonna to work is crazy. You know, you're buying games full price that you, you, you can't download. They're stuck in the cloud. You can't, well, if if this system goes off, well, can I redeem them on Steam? I can use them on Steam or good old games or anything. Nope, can't do that. And Google just had to, I, they had to refund everybody uh, their libraries because I think there would have been the uh, a level of outcry, the likes that we haven't seen since the Red Rings of Death, if they didn't. So the fact that they get no points for me for for refunding folks on their libraries because that that's that should have been done. That business model was just lame to begin with. I feel you there. Uh, they should have been a subscription model for sure. So, but you know that's Amazon Luna. If uh, once it gets out of beta, it's still in perpetual beta. So who knows if it'll ever actually officially be released or not? So. You know, cloud gaming. I think, uh, you know, we're we're hardcore, but we'll have to see whether you know Xbox uh, Cloud and Luna and uh, Neo Geo, not Neo Geo, <laughs> GeForce Experience on their GeForce Now um, become more of a, a a thing out there. You know, once when once one of the major console manufacturers maybe. Uh, comes up with it as being more of a thing. I think it's a great in uh, accompanying a actual console and console purchase. You know, like xCloud, you can go play your Xbox games anywhere if you want to do so. You know, I know PlayStation's rumored to have some sort of cloud solution with the latest firmware coming up as well. So we'll have to see if that comes to fruition. I know on the Steam Deck, you could actually, you know, with a tutorial, go ahead and play playstation games on the cloud so if you want to play your stuff on the go and don't and you want to play them remotely you have the ability to do so so you know but stadium is just a whole other thing in a nutshell so you kind of talk about that though so and i'll let you guys know once i get my stadium controller how well it is it's probably just going to be another controller but uh, mm -hmm. it is what it is so all right, next story. Um, there was a big hubbub about Ubisoft. So Ubisoft just can't catch a break for whatever reason. So uh, Ubisoft has confirmed the cancellation of three unannounced games following disappointing financial results for its most recent quarter. This is on top of, like, I think other games that got canceled last year as well for Ubisoft. So... Uh, they are not having a good time on here. Also, on top of all this, is that uh, they said that they had underperformance of recent launches of games, including Mario and Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, and Just Dance 2023. 
Um, well, guess what? I mean, most people nowadays, they seem to look at Ubisoft titles and say, oh, well, I will wait two months to get it on a sale because they constantly discount their titles. They are running like Chicken Little once they don't get the financial results and sales that they want. <laughs> that Everyone now knows to wait you know, for an Ubisoft game. I didn't buy uh, Mario Rabbit Sparks Hope for one because I didn't play the prior game and uh, I knew that Ubisoft was going to put it on sale eventually and didn't sell as much as they were expecting on there. So, and I know, John, you played the first Mario and Rabbids and I know you probably didn't pick up the second one because, you know, of Ubisoft's reputation, right? I, I think I paid $10 for the first one. Yeah, there you go. It was already <laughs> discounted. So and it's a phenomenal game. Like like honestly, it's a like top fifty all time type game. Or whatever. But like I knew when this new one came out, I was thinking they made a sequel to the game that they pay that they sell for ten dollars. I'm not gonna pay sixty dollars for that game because at some point, it's giving me ten dollars, and I'll just pay that. And I'm waiting, and it will be ten dollars soon. Yeah, just that's the way it goes. Uh, they also announced that the game Skull and Bones is getting delayed again. So uh, this game, which has perpetually been in development for years and years and years and uh, the latest date was supposed to be uh, sometime in early 2023 is now getting pushed back to the next fiscal year which is going to begin in april and could be pushed all the way back to march 2024 so <laughs> on here will d mention the in the discourse i have given up on skull and bones anyone else i think this is a prime example of why games shouldn't get media coverage until they're close to being released I would say the same myself. And, uh, you know, I think Skull and Bones, if we've seen footage throughout the years uh, uh, during some closed betas that get leaked or whatnot, we saw a bunch of, like, you know, focus testing and the game really changing. You know, at one point they changed it to where it was a lot of, like, free-to-play mechanics. I don't know where it is now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, no one's going to be buying Skull and Bones for 70 bucks. Uh, any... Uh, do you all agree, Kev? Oh, well, see, here's the thing. You know, you were talking about, we were talking about games that don't need a story. Yeah. When Skull and Bones was first introduced, that's what it should have been. It was what I thought was some of the best parts of Assassin's Creed 3 and Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which was the ship-to-ship -ship combat. I loved that aspect of those two games. And the idea of having a standalone where it's just a bunch of pirate ships going at it, that to me was dope. But then they started focus testing. Then they started adding this, adding that. Well, you got to get off the ship. You got to go. They, 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 they um, uh, what was that Microsoft game where that where you do pirates? Uh, sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves did. They Seas of Thieves did. And that just completely took me out of the game. It's like, I just want to blow up pirate ships. That's what it started out as being. I thought that would have been great. It, it, it would have been the type of thing that didn't need a story. It probably even didn't need a physical release. It's just, hey, 
pirate ships, pirate to pirate combat. Here's your classes. Here's your ships. Here's the stuff. Here's how you. Here's how you can earn in-game uh, points to to upgrade your ships and build your fleet up. Go. That would have been perfect, but no, no, we we gotta we got we we gotta in inst, insta um, Instagram it to death. It's gotta be the next big thing. It's gotta be the the uh, the social. Ugh. Nonsense, and they killed it. So I got your comment, Kev. Like to make a Fresno reference, there's a Fresno uh, a board game tactical strategy, whatever game club called Literal Little Generals, and they used to like they're still around. It's this thing called Literal Generals. And they do like weekly or monthly. I don't know what they do now because I don't live there, but get togethers. And anyway, when I was there, there was this thing. It was like one time, it was like tactical sea warfare battle stuff and like ships moving around shooting each other cannons whatever and that sort of thing is just awesome Mm -hmm. like it's it's awesome and it doesn't exist in current gaming and i totally get your your idea of like why isn't this the thing like why aren't we just getting this Mm-hmm. Like that would have been perfect, but instead they were like, "No, we also need like Laura Croft, you know, or whatever the latest thing that will spawn four sequels." And instead, it's development hell. Yeah, it it. it and this was just like an aspect of a couple of the Assassin's Creed games that I personally found enjoyable, and it just could have just stood on its own. This could have been something that just released digitally, didn't have a physical release, and would have just been straight up ship-to-ship combat, pirate warfare, no story, no getting off the boat and collecting crap, no meeting up at the pirate hub and and having your little your little uh uh Fortnite emotes. None of that none of that got you crap. It just could have been ships blowing each other up and just let it live in that space and they could add more ships and add more add more uh uh bay, you know, sea bays to fight in or it, it could have just been that. But no, we got to we got to we got to make it this big social the next big social gaming thing and and i think on top of the fact that ubisoft in my opinion is nowhere near the developer they used to be is just it, it's just a a recipe for disaster yeah they stated about this delay and this is out of the uh 
article about it said that they will give the game additional time to showcase quote unquote a much more polished and balanced experience in the build awareness it also believes that players will be positively surprised by its evolution so we'll have to see mm-hmm. <laughs> if that yeah. is the case so, mm-hmm. on there and then last just put it just put it on game pass and call it a day eve levine uh eve the CEO of Ubisoft uh, went and stated basically to his company, to the people that work for him, that the uh, their fortunes re- um, are on them. The responsibility is on them to reverse the company's fortunes after the uh, dire financial numbers were revealed on here. He's, he's basically telling his staff that <laughs> they need to step it up on here so he, this is a quote <laughs> from an email he sent to his employees this is today more than ever i need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success i'm also asking that each of you be care- especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient efficient and lean as possible and he also urged staff to deliver on what he's called the biggest pipeline in Ubisoft history. The ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time and at the expected level of quality and show everyone <laughs> what we're capable of achieving. So, okay. Yeah. okay. That's like uh, calling the fire department after the house is burned down. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So we'll have to see what Ubisoft comes up with. But, you know, last we heard, uh, it's like, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed World, Hub World with a bunch of games on there. And uh, we have no idea what else they're doing. I just hope they just get back to just make a game. You know, it's like, you know, Division Heartland has been like stuck in development hell, too. I mean, I'm just looking for something to play. Maybe something that's a little bit different. You know, let let your creators create. Don't focus test this thing to death. But uh, Ubisoft just, you know, just seems like, I hate to say it, they just fuck it up just to fuck it up because they have fucked it up. So, <laughs> now, almost as bad, I think, as um, if you remember how Capcom was at the beginning of the PS4 era, was pretty bad on there. And so sometimes companies just go through this and they just have to work, kind of work their way out of things. And, Ubisoft's definitely, you know, EA also had a period, you know, with Anthem and assorted other games where everything was just, you know, gone to shit, too. So. Yeah, I just bought Anthem. This is a you did? 78. Oh, there you go. You got a case. Enjoy. Like, <laughs> not a case. I mean, I buy it digitally. Oh, you did? Okay, well, maybe we'll have to play. No, I mean, I'm curious. It's like, it's like Iron Man, right? Yeah, it's like Iron Man. It's like Destiny, Iron Man, all that business, and you never know. You, I think there's a dollar and seventy four worth of gameplay there. I think there's. That's, that's literally what I thought. Yeah. I did not think that was the case for like Mirror's Edge something, which was like a buck ninety nine, and I was like, eh, first person, no. Yeah, there's enough there with Anthem, so. You know, if you want to play, guess what? We'll play. It's better than playing. Um, I'm not gonna play it. I'm not asking you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not gonna play it. Hey, if I play it once, it's worth a buck seventy-four. 
I mean, we played Valheim on this show. You know, we 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 go above and beyond for our listeners, Des. So guess what? I'm playing Samantha. Well, you have fun. <laughs> It'll Knock be, it out. be more of a return at this point in time. I played Aliens Fireteam once, and I paid twenty bucks for that. I'd rather yeah. play that. I know. There we go. We we have a, we, we have choices. It. So it's good. I I want to play it a lot more. It's really good. But I'm just saying, I've only played it once. If I play Anthem once at a buck seventy-four, it beats Alien Fire. There you go. All right. Well, next story I want to talk about just real quick: uh, PlayStation Plus. Uh, they got new games for the extra and premium tiers for January. So we have uh, such games uh, beginning on January seventeenth. Back for Blood. Uh, Devil May Cry 5, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters on there. You know, I think Kev would be appreciative if you want to join up and play some Dragon Ball with him on there. Erica, uh, Jet the Far Shore, Just Cause 4 with all the DLC, Life is Strange, Life is Strange Before the Storm, if you want to get your um, you know graphical adventures on, on there. For the Classics catalog, of course, PlayStation is... Yet again, dropping the ball on the classics. Uh, Siphon Filter 3, uh, PS1 era stealth game, uh, Star Wars Demolition, and Hot Shots Golf 2. So if we you know, had enough of Hot Shots Golf 1, you guess what? You can play Hot Shots Golf 2. So that's what's coming uh, for, Plus and, uh, for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium on there. Anything any of you guys want to play out of that mix? Uh, Hot Shots Golf 2 is okay. I mean, yeah, that's PS1 though. So yeah, it's still it, it's still it's I I think that's still that's still okay. Good deal. Um, Siphon Filter 3, okay. Yeah, I mean, Just Cause 4 is a really you know it's a good series. I mean, so I mean if we're looking for something mm. to play, but I'm not looking for something to play right now. So. Yeah, if you're gonna play Just if you, you Just Cause. Unless it's unless it's uh, PS5, uh, some 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 things to help with the frame rate and whatnot enabled, which I don't think it is, but I could be wrong. Um, just play that on PC because it was fairly abysmal on console, as I recall, uh, with the frame rate and enemies literally spawning right behind you <laughs> and killing you. So. Yeah, it does. It actually um, gets a bump to uh, 1440p locked at 30 frames a second, so it doesn't bump it up to 60, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it's playing on, so. on Steam. All yeah, right. people, people talk about Life is Strange and stuff. That's supposed to be really good. You might want to give it a shot. It might be uh, worthy of a playthrough. Also, there's uh, also I left off the list Jet the Far Shore, which is an indie game that kind of gotten some good buzz uh, last year on there. In fact, I bought it, but it's on my backlog right now. So, story of my yeah, life. I'm kind of curious about that one. Yeah. So, I'll be checking that one out. We'll see. Uh, Xbox Games Pass for 2023 for January. There's three games announced, so I'm not sure what's going on with the uh, Games Pass this past month. There was a bunch of games that left the service for January, including Danganronpa, Nobody Saves the World, Paparazzi, uh, Anacrusis, 
which is another of the uh, Xbox games that are on like uh, uh, like a game preview. They're not even the full games, but like it's already leaving the service. And the version one is not have, hasn't been released. Uh, Windjammers two is also leaving, but they're only adding uh, what they announced so far for January um, is going to be Monster Hunter Rise, Persona three, and Persona four. So. So those would be on the Xbox uh, January 19th, and Monster Hunter Rise will be going on January 20th on there. So, so we'll have to see what else Xbox comes up with. There's an Xbox event at the end of the month with some new information for games like um, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, for uh, Redfall, and... Uh, We'll have to see what Xbox brings to the table, and we'll see. I've been kind of waiting. I, I think everyone's been waiting to tell you guys on the truth. So, and I want to kick a man while he's down, but it just it seems like it is what it is. So, we're all we're all playing Monster Hunter Rise on PlayStation, right? Yes, we are. Yeah, I yeah. want the, I want the Dual Sense. I want all that business. So, and you know, I want to start a save on Xbox and then have to buy it because it's going to leave Game Pass in six months yeah. or something. So. I mean, I, make a, I pre-ordered it, so... Yeah. We all have, I think. I th- at least I have. I don't know, but... And I, is or the, the expansion's not available to pre-order, right? Not yet, no. We only okay. have a... Exact day, so. I'm hoping to get that day one. Like, I want to just transition right into it. I don't yeah. want those gaps. You got it. Me too. So. Yeah. I'm going to choose a new weapon. I think I might go with the spear. We'll see. I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna go ranged, like bow or something. Or like that's Kevin's motto. I know Kev Mm -hmm. did that in World. Like he did bow. Yeah, I did. I did bow in World. Um, If I get this game, I'll probably either do Charge Blade. I'll I'll probably run Charge Blade and Great Sword. Just something weird. I want to do something different. I love. Like, can we all just agree one of the amazing things about these Monster Hunter games is, like, the game is completely different no matter what you choose. Like, it's, a, it's like a whole different game. Yeah. That's what makes it, because especially if you mean a weapon, and that is your weapon, I mean, so it's like I've been um, Switch Axe player since Monster Hunter 3, like, you know, ultimate and uh you know you kind of go back and forth between different weapons but you know you always have the weapons that are kind of your bread and butter you know when you go back to but it's always good to experiment because the gameplay just totally changes things up yeah it's just so different i mean this was my first experience with rise and i i know i i experimented a little with world and i wish i could have caught the world sort of you guys were all done with it at that point. But it's just so neat, like, how different, like, when I put on a new friggin' weapon, like, it's like, holy crap, this is a different game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. You know well, then- has, and Kev, I know I mentioned this on a chat, like, on a game night chat to Joe and and Dez when you weren't on, but I looked at your profile and saw your Monster Hunter Rise was like over a thousand, or not Rise, uh, World 
It was like over a thousand hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, now I understand why he was like, I'm going to try out this new weapon. And I'm going to put like 300 hours into that weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bo was great in World. I, I, and I was like, I, I just, it, it, it's the, the wire bugs. I'm, I'm not a wire bug fan. Uh, and I think Rise has been, I mean, World has been praised as being the most approachable monster hunter in the series. And as someone who did not like traditional monster hunter mechanics, I would agree. Um, I don't know where Rise would fit in that, but that that wire bug was just always something that I could just never fully get get the hang of. Uh, so you know, I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna play it. I mean, if you guys are playing it, then maybe I'll get it, but uh, it, it it's it's on it's in the holding pattern right now. Well, I already pre-ordered it. It's ready to download and get ready to go. And it's coming out I mean, in the end of this week. So I'm sure I'm sure a couple weeks after it comes out there'll be a sale that'll put it at like twenty to thirty bucks. And then it's like if we're playing it, you might grab it. Maybe. I mean I mean, it. but it's like it It's only digital. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe. I don't know. Um No pressure. Yeah, depends I mean, on what else I'm playing. <laughs> also, the other thing is like the wire bug thing is like not every weapon has like wire bug ish mechanics. Yeah, so, but the weapon, the look. weapons I'm going to use have wire bug mechanics. Yeah, I know. So it's There's like probably mine too. I yeah, like, oh, do I need to learn this shit? <laughs> yeah. All right, and then other news, um, PlayStation 5 and Discord integration is rumored to be coming out on March the 8th. That is going to be the date that the PlayStation 5 7.0 firmware update is scheduled to drop on there. There's also going to be, uh, on top of Discord integration, that uh, there's going to be PS5 uh, games streaming from the cloud, according to um closed beta test right now this feature is basically being tested as we speak and it's been testing for a number of months just to check the um, cloud streaming ability uh, for this if you remember correctly like sony went out to uh, microsoft of all people to get uh, microsoft uh, cloud streaming services for their cloud-based solutions so we'll definitely look forward to discord integration i think it's going to be a great for us because normally when we run game night we kind of sometimes will go to psn afterwards and i just rather just roll it up on psn and start discord right then and there that way people can join if they want to join and if they're playing on other platforms and if uh, we could stick on ps on playstation like we usually do so that way we don't have to run the phone and, and run the PlayStation chat separately or anything like that. So definitely looking forward to that. So we'll talk about that more once that is announced and released. And I'm going to leave news on this last note. Uh, another rumor, rumor, rumor. We talked about this game before, but if you remember 
uh, Platinum Games and Scalebound, there is a rumor right now that uh, that Scalebound may be scheduled for a revival on here. That Platinum Games is work might be working with Xbox to bring Scalebound back to life <laughs> on there. So it's like the game that will not die for whatever reason. So. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about Scalebound and saying that Platinum kind of took some uh, DNA from the project and they put it into uh, Astral Chain and Bayonetta 3. And so we'll have to see if uh, this comes to fruition. What do you guys think about uh, Kev about Platinum reviving Scalebound with Microsoft? I mean, if if they can get it all to work, then then that's great. Um, I think the in, the premise of it of Scalebound was good. I just think it took way too many design cues from like the major RPGs that were on the market at the time. I'm thinking particularly uh, Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, 15. Those enemies that you were fighting looked like they were just cut and pasted from 15. And not saying that that's necessarily a good or a bad thing, but, you know, and, and your your character is like straight up Dante, uh, a, a Dante reject. And I get it. The guy who's in charge of this was heavily involved, if not created the the, the, the Devil May Cry series. I understand all that. But uh, it, it the the basic premise. I mean, who doesn't like the idea of fighting dragons in an action game? I think that's dope. But if they can if they can just iron out some of the frame rate issues that were that were very much present there, redesign the main character because he is just you know a Dante understudy. Hmm redesign the the kind of like some of the enemies that you came in contact with then i think it could it, it could be a great game i'm just hoping that you typically don't see games like this um pushed on a service because there's not a whole lot of room to sell you a whole bunch of other stuff you know, getting the core game on the service and then charging you extra for a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, I'm sure they could figure out a way to monetize it, but I don't know. Um, it would be. I would like to see um, the, uh, this this studio, Platinum Games, uh, particularly after playing Bayonetta three, which I think the, its biggest issue is the fact that it's on the Switch more so than the game itself. Uh, <laughs> I just like to see them kind of get their action game chops back, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it won awards. It's just Switch game, right? Yeah, uh, and, and it's why I'm not playing it right now. I mean, at some point, I'm going to go back to it and finish it. I think it's a good game. But the hardware that it's on is just cramping this game so severely that for me, it's approaching unplayability. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to you know see if Microsoft revives this uh, project and kind of go from there. I know Platinum needs needs some love after Babylon's fall and all that business. So mm. we'll they certainly mm. do. And Platinum. on, yeah, you know I'm. It's funny because Platinum, like I literally just in the last week started playing Bayonetta one. Wow, the first time ever. That game's pretty cool, and like, yeah. I'm playing it on PlayStation Five. But I'm assuming I could have played it on Switch, and it probably wouldn't have been that bad. The yeah. first, this for the first game and the second game. The second game starts to show. Um, the first game, I think it really, if you can play it, play Bayonetta, the first Bayonetta on PC, that's really probably the best place to play it because you get all the frames. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to, Bayonetta 2 was not too bad, um, uh, performance wise. I don't think it hit 60 on Switch. I don't think it hit 60, but, on it was like above 30. Right? Yeah, I think it was yeah, I think. I uh, don't quote me on that. I might be a completely wrong. But, but Bayonetta like 3, Bayonetta 3, about, dude. Like, Bayonetta like, 3 drops down to flip book frames. Like well, you're looking I mean, at like, this stuff like it was flip about book. like you and I both love Age of Calamity. Mm-hmm. And that shit drops to like like a a frame a page yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's nuts yeah <laughs> like i mean the switch needs a new switch i love the switch mm. but it's like these third parties and you know what the thing is is that the they don't even really need to do a new switch what they need to do is do a dock yeah. That will that will that will provide the needed boost for the switch. So when you connect it to your television set, because I've never played my switch handheld, it, yeah. it, it, I treat it like another console. But they need a dock that would actually add to the performance capability of it. At least something that that could maybe approach an Xbox One. If they could do that. Or pay, you know, pay at PS4. If they could do that, that would be fine. It make the switch like a 1080p 60 frame per second monster when it's plugged into the dock. And that's really all it needs. Yeah, I mean, I don't need a switch to be like 4K. No. Mm-mm. I love that the switch is this, you know, pastel like the art is this like watercolorish thing you know that's cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like i don't love that then i like fighting these things and like i'm like at 12 frames per second yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like jesus so yeah i agree so anyway i'm just yeah, I'm. I would like. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, I'd like a better switch. Everybody, everybody would like a better switch. I think you know, we will see. Switch Pro might be in the mix. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all hope that. I think next week I won't be on, but 
when you guys all talk about the uh, games of next year, I mean, like my limitation on the new Zelda is like, well, do I really want a new Zelda with High Switch Pro? So that's my comment for next mm, week. Got it. Um, for scale bound, I mean, you know, it's I hope, hope it comes out on a good system if it comes out. And on that note, gentlemen, that is the news for this episode. All right. So our game nights, Thursdays, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can join up, join up on our – the best place to connect with us regarding game night is through our Discord, which I will tell you about shortly. But, uh, yeah, we play every Thursday, and it, it's a great time. But, you know, you don't even have to necessarily be playing games. Like, a lot of times I'll be cooking dinner or whatnot. Just hop in there and just just uh, talk shop with those who jump in or just interact with those who are enjoying what's going on with the show, enjoying what's going on on our Discord service, uh, server, rather, and just hanging out for a bit. Uh, so every Thursday, again, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. And uh, the way you contact us, the best way to contact us is through our Discord server. And you can hit the link on our Twitter page at Gaming Vessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Hit the link on our Twitter page that puts you directly into our Discord server where we're talking about video games, talking about our favorites, talking about our gaming memories, all of the great stuff that you like to talk about regarding games on social media without the nonsense. So if you like uh, like-minded folks, meaning people that just enjoy video games and the hobby uh, and talking about said hobby without the, you know, having your your uh, legitimacy question just because you have a different opinion about a game uh, that seems to go on a lot on much larger social media platforms. And I would encourage you to hit that Twitter link, join up on our Discord, and check out the community that we're building over there. So with that said, I'm going to say thank you to uh, Will D and our, our surprise challenger, John BT for joining us on the show. Uh, big thanks to you guys for uh, your contributions to our community, contributions in our game nights. Uh, thank you for uh, making, for just adding that extra bit of excitement to what we're trying to do here on the show and uh, on the community. So big thanks for joining John and a special shout out to Will D for his uh, responses on our vessel line and our and uh, the question that he had for me regarding uh, <laughs> my console lineage took me down memory lane today when I as an old man I find those more and more <laughs> enjoyable to do as the years as the years tick on by so with that that is going to bring episode 194 to a close so for Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. that gamer stepdaddy, and for Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, 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 yeah.
<laughs> Otherwise known as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. And for our our special guest, John BT. Again, thanks for joining, buddy. Herbalingling, am... y'all. Hey, hey, uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Will D. You need to to reach out and join in the episode, you know. Come yeah, on. he's he knows get he can on, he knows he can jump in here. Vocal. He knows he can jump in. He yeah, knows he can jump yeah, in. Yeah, I was just like chatting with Joe and he was like, Hey, we're recording now, and I'm like, Oh, my wife's out of town, I should just jump on. <laughs> so come on, Will. I want to hear you on the podcast. For sure, for sure. He's got a stand. He's got a chair waiting for him always here at the Gaming Vessels podcast. Yeah. And I am Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Herbal bling bling, y'all. Again, again, again. Again and again and again. Saying that we'll be back next week, episode 195 for your ears. Peace.